Three, two. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Who wants to have some fun? I'm all about having fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh boy, is this great? Hey guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fun, we'll need plastic surgery to remove our smiles. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Please have a party! Feed us drinks! Get us laid! Wait a minute, there's no birthday party for me here. Hey bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird I have to ask twice. Do you wanna know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Are those sad tissues or happy tissues? like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamine. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm ahead out west Where real women come equipped with All right. and spawn a nest in All the right. Chill like Flint All right. drop top, find a spot to pit, then I'm, I'm sure at some point I'm going to stop laughing at the cowboy But it hasn't happened yet It has not happened yet I, I, I still, every single time it happens, I still chuckle Welcome everybody, this is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can get your MBA in just a year. Business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 5.50 here on 14.50 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming over the land. You know what's better is the Big X. Trevor, how's my mic sound? Is it, we, we, the mics got mixed up over the weekend. I don't know how that happened. Does the sound okay? Sound good. Okay, good. I didn't think you heard me about that 550 thing. For the, oh, I heard the, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always hear you. <laughs> I said it, and you were looking down. I was like, I'll just tell him next break. I hear you. Sometimes I just don't acknowledge you. It's okay. It's all right. I'm used to that. Uh, Trevor Kelsey in the house here with, with Mike Rutherford on a Monday edition of the show as we react to all the news from the weekend that was in both Louisville and college athletics. We've got big stuff happening tonight. The UofL women will take on Texas for a spot in the Sweet 16 Tonight at 7 o'clock, you can hear all the action of that on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Already an intriguing matchup, maybe made more intriguing by what happened last night with the top seed in the region, Stanford, going down, losing in the second round to Ole Miss. So whoever wins this game tonight uh, is going to meet the Rebels and not the top seeded Cardinal in the Sweet 16. Louisville's an eight-point underdog in this game. And I saw last night the spread came out, and like 90% of the money, 90% of the first wave of bets in this game were being made on Texas, which is, I mean, this is a team that we've, I know we're playing them on their home floor. It's it's not essentially a home game. It is a home game for Texas, but it's also a team that we've beaten earlier in this year. So to see the, the betting public this overwhelmingly on the Longhorns is a little bit jarring, but. I mean, Louisville kind of struggled to get past Drake. Texas won their first game by like 50 points. Yeah, they, they rolled. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I can, I can see where there'd be a little bit of lean on on the, on the money. I mean, a little bit, yeah, but like overwhelming was just, it was surprising to me to see. It's a big number against a team like Louisville, and to have 90% of people saying, yeah, I think Texas is going to cover it, maybe they're right. We'll, I, we'll find out. I'm willing to bet 90% of those people that are betting it probably don't know Louisville and Texas played earlier in the year either. Probably not. They, I mean, it was they see Texas, they see home game, they see eight points, they, they're like, boom. They see what, what each did, team did in the first round. You might be right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying that there's some people that don't do their homework, but 
Even if they did, they look at it and go, well, that was sure first, second week of the season. I mean, we'll knows? get into all of it a little bit later. We'll, we'll talk more deeply about this game and, and Jeff Walls and what happened with the Cars Saturday night against Drake as well. Uh, we've got more off-the-court news, more moving and shaking happening from uh, L men's basketball roster standpoint. Is it, are you sure it's not cracking? I hear it kind of cracking in my ears. Does it sound okay? I can bring it down a little bit. Yeah, let, let us know. If it, if it sounds okay, we can move mics. The you mic want, that I usually you want to use. blue right now? Well, blue... The one that I usually use doesn't have the cover on it anymore. I don't, I don't know how this happened. Oh. Those were mints scattered all over the place when I walked in. I don't know what happened here over the weekend. We leave. I, I leave for one day on I, Friday. You, we didn't even do the show here no, on Friday. I was, I was, we did with Rashawn was in Jeffersonville. Yeah. Big thanks to Rashawn Myers and company for filling in. Well, I took a half day with him. Is this? <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> but I, I don't know who was in here on Friday or over the weekend, but there were mints scattered everywhere, headphones lying everywhere. The mics are all mixed up. I don't know what happened here. Should I, I try? Mean, was, there, was there people having a March Madness party in here we didn't know about? Maybe. Maybe did we not get invited? We do have a great setup here with the TVs. I mean, I did, I did see all the phones in there, too. Like they're ready for a telethon. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah we have like 50 phones in the big studios now. Maybe we can get one. Maybe we can start taking calls again. Actually, I wish I'd just take this one out of here. Yeah, we don't use it. It's been more of a pain in my side than it has been a plus. We got roster restructuring talk to, to happen. More defections. More rumors of additions, more transfers that Louisville has reached out to. We can also react to the NCAA tournament happenings from over the weekend. Um, some good stuff happened there. Some fun stuff happened there. Some interesting stuff is going to happen There's this some weekend. Ups, some downs. Some ups, some downs. Left, some right. Some in-betweens. We'll get to all that stuff. <laughs> but first, before we do any of that, Trevor Kelsey, how was your week? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever since we didn't do the show on Friday. Three days does seem like a long time, doesn't it? Especially when you have the, the tournament. I mean, So well, much going on. When I mean. last we spoke on Thursday, you know, the first wave of games just started. We hadn't had Fairleigh Dickinson beating, beating Purdue. No, we, we hadn't had Princeton going. To, like, none of the stuff had happened. Pr- the Princeton game was in the probably early second half of when I think we left here. Right, because I watched the end right when I got home. And I was, I, I love me on Thursday. That was, we haven't we have, we have just to make your national title the, pick loss in the, the first round. The two games I'm on the road with just during the end only on Thursday are Virginia and losing their way they lost <laughs> and Arizona. It's like, I, I'm thankful. Thank goodness I was able to get home at least and be able to sit in my couch and watch Fairly Dickerson and Purdue and enjoy that one. I mean, how did you not get home before the Arizona game? I was. I got. I watched the last five minutes. First ago. of all, you live closer than I do. Not that much closer. Yeah, because you you take that first thing. I got to deal with the rest of West Point. Yeah, Road, I guess especially. that's true. Second, uh, I don't. You know, I don't leave. I think I was probably texting some people back. Oh yeah, you're something. on the text line. Yeah, you know me. I'm. You know, I, I did like right when I got home in the game. Ended. I like to hang out a half an hour before the show in the parking lot and after the you show. Just, in the you parking love lot. this parking lot. I am. I can't get it out of me. It's it's the teenager in me. That's why you're on every cop's <laughs> list in the city for people not to trust. <laughs> we haven't had a chance. I, I like the people that reached out after that game ended, who were like selfishly, I, I wanted you guys to still be on the air because Trevor's national title pick got bounced in the very first round, which is and hilarious. I, for the record, everybody's keeping uh, track of it. I'm down to two Final Fours. I've still got three. I, I took the shot with Oral Roberts. I knew that region was going to fall apart. Yeah, and it has. Because I was either going to go, it was Oral Roberts, Kentucky, or Michigan State were the teams that I was going to pick to win it, and I should have just gone with the Spartans. Um, I thought I was going to be able to brag and say Arizona was my only one I missed, but you know, we'll get into last night's blunder of a coaching job by... Another alumni, former NBA. Oh, I forgot you took Indiana all the way. To the yeah, final. yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought I could get past Mike Woodson's bonehead decisions. Oh boy, no. you've done a one eighty on Woodson. I've never been a Woodson fan. You said earlier you thought you did a good job this year. I think he's kept this job ahead above water. Oh, okay. You, you, I, with, think, I think it's a little bit of when you, when you have Trace Jackson Davis on your roster and the surrounding people around him, he should have been a better. The than one player. other good player that they have is <laughs> a freshman. More than some teams have. <laughs> More, but not as many as Miami had. No, no, unfortunately, Miami got hot. But, you know, all that, you know, we got, there's so much time where we got 
recapping what happened in, in mm-hmm. the tournament. We got what happened with Louisville. We got what happened with the coaching carousel, which became official oh, like yeah. two minutes ago, which I'm teased. But the most important thing of the last 72 hours, I found the plugs underneath my chair, and the recliner does now work. Was it just in the box? It was just in the box. I told it you it was. Box. I knew it was, it was just in the box. I, I knew it. it. I would have so made fri- so much money. So Friday, I get home, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to relax for this tournament. So I lift up the chair, and there it is. It's like this little brown box just like crammed underneath like the footrest area. And uh, got, got it unplugged. It came with two plugs, actually, two remotes. One remote controls the lifting and the reclining. The other controls the uh, massage factor and the heat. The heat little, uh, which is not very effective for me. Yeah, I mean, okay. It never is, but it's kind of cool to at least have, right? I mean, but yeah, so that my chair does lift, it does recline. Is it everything that you wanted it to it's be? Everything I've wanted it to be and more so far. Now, when did you figure this out? Uh, it was Friday after not too long after I got home. So you got to enjoy it for the weekend. I got to games. enjoy it Friday okay, night, good. Saturday, all day I was Saturday. Worried. With your luck, I figured you would have found this out like last night as TCU and Gonzaga were about to wrap up. <laughs> like, here's the plug. <laughs> it was in the box the whole time. And it worked out even perfect because my, my foot's been acting up on me, my, my right foot too. It's, when it swells up, I have to keep it uh, elevated. Mm-hmm. And if I don't keep it elevated, it'll stay bad for two or three days. If I can get elevated, it'll get, I don't know if you know, so I'm limping a little bit. still a little sore right now. But uh, being able to stay kind of just plopped in the recliner, elevate the foot up for twenty four for two it's good days, it's good for me. Had to order door, and I didn't have to break my rules on some DoorDash ordering because I really wasn't able to drive to Taco Bell, so I had to get it delivered last night. So you had, so you got one of your Trevorisms, one of your Trevor rules is you DoorDash pretty much everything, but you don't DoorDash anything that has a drive through. But only I only broke the rule because I wasn't able to leave myself. That's fine. I think I think we'll let you slide on this. Okay, thank you, and. uh I'm, I thought about maybe just like inserting a mini fridge in there now next to, <laughs> next to the chair. I mean, I, I get that, like maybe a little bucket for, for, for going number one. I mean, I don't see any reason why I need to leave my room, right? Okay, you can, just, you can start doing the show from there. I would. <laughs> there's a window, but it faces kind of the street, and I just don't want to deal with that problem again. I would go. I, I would just go out of it, but you know, every... <laughs> Oh, God. So, outside, so my weekend, other than uh, seeing some teams I picked, Pooped the bed, but you know what? I don't care. Won a little bit of money on some gambling. Nice. Uh, not with Duke, but I did on Arkansas and some others. And uh, all in all, I didn't eat. Only ate uh, about a pound of grapes. That's good weekend. What about yourself? It was. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very tired, but it was. It was fun. You, you've been. I mean, yeah, Between working and probably doing soccer and ballet, you're lying stealing players from the Eagles. I mean, yeah. Well, we, we can talk about that a little bit later. I'm excited been, about that. It's been a fun. It's been a. It's been a. a a whirlwind of a weekend for you. Yeah, I'm just like w- with this thing. Like, since I got sick, like I have to get. I-, I used to be able to live off of like three, four hours of sleep and be okay with it, and like with this thing, I- I'm not. And so, I- like rest is the only thing that ever makes me feel somewhat normal. And so, having to, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing these wrap ups at like four thirty-five in the morning every day, and then w- when the kids were there, I'm getting up with the kids at eight. I took Virginia to ballet on Saturday. Mary, like. like being a true superhero, like she's like, oh, like you need to work, like you need to focus, you need to try to get some sleep. I'll take the kids to Springfield, which is her hometown. So she left with the kids on Saturday afternoon and stayed there until Sunday. So that was that helped out a little so bit. You got you had you had like I mean that was like the equivalent of getting your recliner fixed. Kind of. I mean, I I got to shower for the first time since Wednesday night, which was nice. That that's, that's that was pleasant. good. Um, and get a little bit of sleep. Like the early games on Saturday, because you have the standalone games, like the the one game at twelve twenty, and then the game at, at, at three. And 
I'm technically supposed to be around for all of it. But when they, they the first game, San Diego State Furman on Saturday was a blowout, I was like, I can't function. I was like, I've got to get a li-. So I just slept through the second half. They were cool with <laughs> Dude, it. I, I, can't dose I was like, I can't, I, I can't deal with this. I'm just, I'm not going to be able to stay up late. That's the one part of the having the recliner fix that has been somewhat negative. I dozed off during that. And, dur- <laughs> and I pretty much slept during the second half of the Creighton, uh, uh, whoever they played in the second, the Creighton-Baylor Baylor. Creighton Baylor game. Yeah. I, I woke up at IU, was like five minutes into the game. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, crap. It happens. <laughs> It'll happen. Uh, but I was, uh, yeah, so today I've been, Today's been tough. I, I, I'm very tired, but I'm very excited to go home. And, like, when the kids go to sleep, I'm just going to go right to sleep and conk out. But it was a— I'm not going to watch UofL tonight? I mean, I'm going to watch UofL. When the, kid, the kids will go to sleep after UofL. Like they, oh, okay. My kids don't go to sleep till like, 9. So That's not bad, though. Yeah, so. it, it'll be after the game. So whenever they go down, hopefully we're celebrating a win, and I will conk out and be, hopefully— You can sleep until tonight. Saturday or Thursday. Well, I mean, we have to do the show tomorrow, so— I can't really. Well, I mean, this doesn't count, though. There are other things to be done. How many times have either one of us has slept walk through this show? <laughs> Doing it right now. We're trying not to. But, yeah, it was – besides, I mean, I can't complain too much. It's still – it's watching an event that I love more than any other and getting to write about it is, is fantastic. You write, I, you write about it. You don't just do the first two rounds. Though. You do the, I'll, I'll keep writing about it. I've got a couple of uh, Sweet 16 columns to write the next two days, and then we'll cover the games on uh, through this weekend and then next week as well. But the first week is the, is the marathon. The first week is the toughest oh, to, yeah. to get through. and. Uh, it's it's so fun, it's so great. But when Monday rolls around, I'm always ready for a little a little reprieve, a, a brief break. Although it will feel weird leaving here today and not going home and watching any basketball, but that's okay. Little ladies, yeah. We, but I, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Going I home and mean, yeah. logging into the the Slack channel and yeah, the, the last the, requirements. the first four days of the tournament are such a spoil. I mean, yeah. it's just because you just even even on even when it does pull back a little bit on Saturday and Sunday, like you said, where you have the standalone games in the first part of the day that usually the, or the first few games are standalones and then they time it perfectly to where you can, you know, one game's ending and you got like the last eight minutes of the set of the other game to watch. I mean, they time out so perfect a little bit, but it does, it does kind of take hit, hit you like a, a brick wall. Like now we're done. We got yeah. till Thursday and then even Thursday or Friday, obviously will be fun. And Saturday will dwindle and you have the two it's like games. Just, it's like just two games going at the same time. I you know. get so spoiled. And, and then even the Saturday when the, the first game starts, I'm like, this is, I, I can't flip over to anything. Like what, what the hell? I've had 48 hours of like straight, just nonstop basketball in my face. And now I've got, and especially when those games suck, like the both games on Saturday sucked. The first game on Sunday sucked. The second game on Sunday was lovely. Uh, we can talk about that, but like when they're not competitive, you're like, okay, what do I do? Like I, I had to go to like Home Depot yesterday, run some errands, and during the the because Xavier was getting was blasting pit, so that was that. But but whatever. But it was a good weekend. It was perfect for me who didn't want to wake up at noon anyway. Yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, I, I woke up. I mean, I dozed right back off during both those those the first games on Saturday and Sunday. So you're you were good to go. I was good to go. That was solid. Nice yeah. refreshment to watch uh, to, to to down some tang and watch a victory. I guess, and we can get into the tournament stuff a little bit more. I can finally enjoy the tournament for real now. Later. I guess let's talk about the big news that just broke, which is, you know, wouldn't ordinarily leave with this, but it did just happen. It's official now. St. John's has hired Rick Pitino to become a new head coach. He'll look to become the first coach to take six different schools to the NCAA tournament. We mentioned it with Steve Alford at Nevada this week. Uh, I think that he became one of, what, four to do it. Uh, Pitino now is trying to become the first to take six different schools to the NCAA tournament, and the first to take four different schools to a Final Four. He and Calipari, the only uh, two coaches to take three different schools to a Final Four. So, Patino making it official. He's, he's putting out stuff on his Twitter right now, talking about how much he loves Iona. Uh, I do like Richard Patino tweeting out that he's clearly ducking a return game with Mexico 
<laughs> which is a great way to phrase it. But uh, Patino sending his best wishes to his, his former school. He will be back in the Big East. He will be coaching uh, at St. John's. He will be in New York. And it's the, the timing is kind of interesting because we find out earlier today, I, I guess it's not official, but it is official. Georgetown is hiring Ed Cooley, who goes from Providence in the Big East to Georgetown. That opens up Providence, which is where Patino first really rose to prominence as a, as a, as a college basketball coach. So that job opens. He's sticking with St. John's. Uh, I think it was pretty much a done deal for the last couple of weeks. But he is a... Uh, He's back in the big back back in the big leagues, back in a spot where he can go to a final four and win a national title. I don't know if he'll take St. John's spot. They'll be in the tournament. I mean, that's a given. I mean, they'll be, they'll, next year, does he get them in the tournament next year? They they're a lot closer than we were in Payne's first year. Well, that's not exactly that. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's the weakest take of all time. I think they will win more than four games as well. You know what? I'll say yeah. They, they, I'm looking. They, they went eighteen. They won eighteen games this year. Uh huh. If Mike Anderson can win eighteen games this roster. Patino can win twenty six, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. They are tournament bound year one under Patino. By and I've said this before, he even took the job. By year three, they'll be a top four seed. I agree. Competing with that. for now, I don't know if they'll make it to the final four. He could easily have him back in the final four. I guess it'll be their first since nineteen eighty five. Maybe they're only their second. I can't remember how many they've been to. I'm curious to see like what he does because their roster they've got they've got good players. St. John's does in players with eligibility. I'm curious to see whether or not he wants to keep them around. I'm assuming he'll take some of these kids from my own. Like Walter Clayton is a guy, their sophomore guard who was their leading scorer this year, who a lot of people think can be an NBA player. Uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph was first team all-conference. I can see both those guys going because those guys are good enough to play in the Big East. They're good enough to be capable players at St. John's. Uh, but St. John's, their roster this past year, like they had dudes that were pretty good. They just had a kind of crap coach in Mike Anderson, who now, by the way, is suing the school. <laughs> the Big East can't have any sort of firing without drama before. because they're trying to fire him with cost. So they don't have to pay him $11 million. He's suing them over this. But like they have, I think I mentioned this on the last show we did Thursday. Like They've got David Jones, who if that name sounds familiar, he's the kid who scored like 50 points against us for DePaul yeah. a couple of years ago and transferred in. Uh, he's really good. He's got eligibility left. They've got uh, Pasha Alexander who was really good this year, has one year of eligibility left if he wants to come back. Uh, they've got the Curbelo kid, uh, who we recruited heavily coming out of high school, went to Illinois. He's kind of feast or famine. He transferred to St. John's. He can he can play there. Uh, the big man, who was their best player this year, Joel, Joel Soriano, he's got one year of eligibility left. So how many of these kids does Patino want to keep around? How many of them want to stay and play for Rick Patino? I think that's going to go a long way to, towards determining just how good they can be in year one. But whatever your expectation is for him in year one, it's a safe bet that he's going to probably like do better th- than what you think, just because that's kind of who he is. He, he overachieves right out of the gate, and uh, we'll see. But he's going to St. John's, Ed Cooley going to Georgetown, Mike Bray going to South Florida. I mean, Mike Bray, poor Mike Bray. I feel like semi-retirement. That's a serious losing of this. Like I don't. I mean, first of all, I'm, I, I would take Bray over Cooley at Georgetown. I, I'm. I think that's a, a slip and miss on their part, but and as a result, poor Mike Bray gets goes from either going maybe Georgetown, St. John's to 
He's going to South Florida? I mean, poor Mike Bray. This is what Mike Bray wants. He just wants to go party in Tampa. This is semi retirement for Mike Bray. I'm telling you right now, this man is not going to work at all down there. If you think that you're going to get the best, like vintage Mike Bray, best coach ever, he's going to go down there. He's going to be, he's going to half ass this job so badly. He'll hire assistants to do everything for him. And he's probably going to to be done there in like four years. This is, I like Bray's going to make a, a ton of money to be semi retired in Florida. This is his dream. You don't think he still, they don't think he at least does well, at least decent with South Florida? I don't think, I don't think he takes him to this tournament. I don't. He, he makes it well. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough place to win. That it is. I mean, and if he wants to put all his effort into it, but I don't think he's going to. I don't yeah. think, he, the, I mean, the word from people for a, a while has been he hasn't exactly been doing what he used to be doing at Notre Dame. Like, like he, he, kind of leveraged a lot of his duties. He, he would pawn off a lot of his duties to subordinates, and he just didn't – his heart wasn't in, as in it as it used to be. And if that's the case, I can't imagine it's going to be <laughs> – South Florida is <laughs> not exactly a place where you go for, like, a revival. South Florida also loves the retread coaches, and they never work out down there. Like, Brian Gregory, no. They, they took a shot with Orlando Antigua, and that's your your first mistake. Don't go with the Calus system. Stan Heath. Stan Heath, yeah. Just all these retread coaches, and none of them have been able to win down there. Besides, I guess, Heath to a, a smaller extent. but He did go to the tournament. He did. They beat us on senior day. But Bray, best of luck to him. It's going to feel weird to see him in the American Athletic Conference, but whatever. But Ricky P. I mean, even if you, even, but I mean, even if you get a half-assed Mike Bray, you're South Florida, A, that still probably can probably win as many games as most of your last, you said, like your last three decades where the coaches has in the season. They'll be more fun. And B, he's at least a name going to, like, give, give some attention. Yeah, they'll be more fun. Yeah. And I see Georgetown now has officially announced. I guess they'll introduce him on Wednesday, but they have officially announced uh, Ed Cooley as well, their new head coach. Leaves Providence open now, which will probably go to a lower level, either assistant or they're not. Yeah, they're not dealing anybody. No, it, it, Cooley. The weird thing about that is he's the first coach now since 1972 at Georgetown that has not had a connection to John Thompson. Like this is the first time where they've strayed from that uh, that, that hiring process. So we'll see how it works. I think he does. If nothing else, he provides stability to a program that has been kind of in chaos for the last 10 years. Yeah, because like, it was assistant of Thompson's when he retired. I can't remember his dude with the mustache, right? Right, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. I can picture him, but I can't remember his name. Then it, then his son took over. We don't have the, to go through all of it. I'm just trying it, to see. Yeah, it, it's all, they're all, trust me, they're all tied to John Thompson. But Cooley, I think, with this program being in such chaos, he will, like, he. I don't think he can win a national title, but he can make them competitive in the Big East. He can get them to the NCAA tournament. He can stop having them be a program that wins five, six, seven, eight, nine games. I don't. I don't think it's a terrible hire. I'm kind of with you in that. If I'm them, I prefer Mike Bray. I certainly would would have preferred Rick Pitino, and oh, I think yeah. that their fan base is is kind of of that mindset. But he's a. I still. I'm bigger on Ed Cooley than you are. I don't think he can. Like he may not make a bunch of deep tournament runs, but he'll leave that place better than he found it, which is you know not saying a whole lot because they. No, so you and hasn't set the bar right very now. high. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's. I'd yeah I could see him I mean but he I mean if, if they're gonna let go of Thompson the third for what he was doing I can Cooley I can see maybe hanging around for a little while but just not being a final destination I'm just because gonna... even Thompson third on that final four was still winning like twenty games on average even. yeah they, they were great they could not win the tournament yeah they had I think the last couple of years he had maybe a couple of bad years and they they end up letting him go but yeah because they were the original. Purdue, like they were the team that always got beat by a double-digit seed in the tournament. It became this running joke. Uh, they, you know, they lost to Florida Gulf Coast. They lost to Ohio, yeah. and they just they, they did not have. They won a bunch of Big East titles. They just did not could not get it done. In the I mean, that's not a good sign. When I remember all, all the hot picks was 
Puerto Rico as a 15. Everybody was picking him to win that game. There's a lot, yeah. Like going into that game, most of the people I'd talk to on the radio when I did the show, I'd be like, no, we, we, we expect that 15 to win. I'm like, I mean, how, you know, when do you get that? You don't get, you never get that. I'm just now seeing a tweet from our, the Georgetown website on SB Nation is Casual Hoya. And I'm seeing they tweeted on February 7th. If St. John's lands Rick Pitino instead of Georgetown, I'll be shutting down the block forever. Root for whichever outcome you prefer. So, I'm sorry to see this Is this goodbye, Swan? Is he, is he hanging up? He's a very funny guy. I, I'll hate to see him go. He's no longer casual, then. He's no longer casual. Uh, but we got Rick Pitino back in the Big East. It, I'm happy for him. I'm not happy for us. This, <laughs> this is, Especially if he kills it right out of the gate and we're still doing I, I tell you what this does. This adds even more pressure to Kenny Payne because I mean he's he's got he's clearly has one portion of the fan base that is firmly in his corner. And when I say firmly in his corner, I mean this man can do no wrong. You've got I think a larger portion of the fan base that is like, you know, maybe not we have to fire him. He sucks. He's terrible. He can never win here, but it's very much like, hey, four wins is not good. We need to see something here. And I think for that portion of the fan base, if you have Rick Pitino coming into St. John's and let's say winning 22 games next season and taking a program that has kind of sucked recently to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be harder for that portion of the fan base to, I guess, accept this tagline of, you know, well, we're making progress. We won 12 or 13 games. Like they're going to demand that we, we, it's going to, you see what I'm saying? Like it's going to sting even more to try to give that whole, like we won 10 more games than we did last year. Like, the slow build argument is not going to work when you've got Pacino going somewhere else and, and right away turning them into a contender. I mean, if they, if go, that happens. If they go to the tournament in year one under Pino and win, like, a tournament game, their first win in, like, 20, 25 years in the NCAA tournament. The 99, I think? I think it was, yeah. I mean, it's I'll, I, I saw I saw this on Twitter last night. It's a 23, uh, on this day and 23 years ago, St. John's won their last tournament game, and now they're hiring Rick Pacino. Oh, man. It's like, <laughs> way to brag about your last two, two and a half decades <laughs> being completely lost. That's... That's a weird thing to, to puff your chest about, but okay. Yeah, that's a New York thing, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they have they've never played in a Big East, or they haven't played in a Big East tournament semifinal since 2000, which is ridiculous. That's absurd. Speaking of weird, crazy stats, I don't know. I think I'm, I don't. I meant to send this one to you, but I'm sure you saw it. With Miami moving to the Sweet 16, an ACC team has been in the Sweet 16 every year since 1980. Yeah, 43, and that was the first year where they were allowed from 75 to 80. They allowed two teams from every conference to make it for the first yeah. time, and then eighty was the first year where they opened it up to as many at large bids as you want. Yeah, I think you're only your first two top seeds had buys. I think maybe yeah, your top, but you, top you know if you if you had five teams good enough, you could get five teams into the yeah. field for the first time. And ever since that happened, the Big Ten's been swamping us with no success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever since that happened, the ACC has had a team in the Sweet Sixteen, at least one of them, and it's the only conference to do so. It's easily the longest streak. I think the second longest. Crazy is the Big 12 at like 30 years or something along those lines. Kansas is most of those, I'm sure. A lot of them. Yeah. But uh, Miami gets it done last night for the conference, uh, taking down Indiana. We'll talk more about that it after the break. It just means more. It just means more here. That's, <laughs> that's our motto. <laughs> we t- trademarked it a long time ago. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Thornton's tax line is 502-414-1450. We'll take some thoughts from you guys. We can dive into more NCAA tournament talk. We can also talk about the latest roster defection for the UofL men's team. All that coming your way. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X.
Back in Monday edition of Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We were talking a little bit of general hoop stuff there in the last segment because we haven't really talked about the tournament, but we had Rick Pitino being officially announced as the new head coach of St. John's. Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown. All sorts of moving and shaking. Not a bad week for the Big East. They have three teams in the Sweet 16, which ties for the most of any conference. They went 7-2 and two, uh, in the first two rounds of the tournament, and now they bring Rick Pitino back into the league it is uh it's not a bad week for that conference. Well, JC's just falling behind more and more a little bit sometimes, doesn't it? You don't you're not thinking it. The ACC is falling <laughs> behind more and more. I we mean, finished we, behind the Mountain West this year in, in, in every metric. I mean, not not just like success, but when you like look at the coaches that are in the league. I mean, we talked uh-huh. about the SEC, for sure. Just, you know, basically giving us wedgies and stealing our milk money on a daily basis they are. right now. I mean, and now you have the Big East who's sitting here, you know, just kind of. I mean, even. The, I mean, at least I mean the Big Tw- Big Twelve may not be like, taking the headlines of coaching names from us, but they're obviously doing it just being a more better conference. Well, they're keeping their good coaches though too. Yeah. Besides the ones that get fired for, for, for yeah. player abuse, they go to the SEC. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. We'll see where Mark Adams ends up. They'll I mean, say big names. There could be say, a spot open at Georgia pretty soon. Didn't we'll say why out. their names are in the headlines. Just say they were headliners. But the good coaches that they want to keep are all staying there, which I, I yeah. think is I think that's also part of the reason why I saw somebody making this point. I think Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated was talking about, you know, Cooley to, to Georgetown. Say what you will about Cooley. He's still one of the bigger established names in college basketball. And for the most part, the the big top tier or even second tier established names haven't been moving recently. He's like, look at, he's like, Louisville hired a, a coach who'd never been a head coach before. Florida had to go get Todd Golden out of the West Coast Conference. Like some big name, big, big job openings. You didn't like that insult of Todd Golden, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird fit for Todd. <laughs> yeah. He, I like Todd a lot, but it's, it, it was weird. It was a weird hire. It took me by surprise. Yeah, I think he kind of Don Munson that one. Yeah, we'll see. You, maybe, maybe something to that. But, it's just it's a weird time in college basketball where unlike in college football, you know these second tier coaches they're not willing to jump all that quickly anymore. A lot of people are are just you know, remaining happy. And these big conferences now that have all this money that are flush with cash, especially the SEC and I guess the Big Ten and the Big Twelve, are able to pay big time salaries to these guys to keep them around. I mean, look at the look Nate Oates at Alabama. You know, you start catching wind of this guy maybe the next big thing in the sport. He's taken Alabama to a place they've never been before. You're going to have some big job openings coming open soon. And Bama's like, boom, here's a six-year extension that's going to pay you an insane amount of money. Last year, Eric Musselman, you know, we're, you know if you want him to go to a different program, you're going to have to pay him more, like a million dollars more than we pay him, and we pay him a lot. These schools are just locking up their guys, and it's because they have the cash to do so. And I do think it's part of the big reason why the ACC is falling behind. And, I mean, look – North Carolina gave the job to Hubert Davis. That's a guy who you don't give the job to unless he's got ties to the program. Same with John Shire at Duke. Same with uh, Daughtry, Autry at, at Syracuse. Like, they're not going out and getting these splashy Louisville guys. with pain, I mean. Louisville with pain. I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing. Like, we're not going out and getting the Musclemans, the Oats of the world, and getting them to jump ship like other big programs were doing in the past. It's in a, I, We'll see how it plays out. This is the, the first early sample size was not a great one for the ACC. The league was insanely down this year. They were down last year and got bailed out by a couple of deep tournament runs, uh, and that's not happening this year unless Jim Laranega is able to pull a couple more rabbits out of his hat. But even then, 
it would just be one program carrying your lead. And we kind of have, like, we've done that before recently. I mean, Carolina, when they won the national title in 2017, no ACC teams made it out of the first weekend that year. Like, it's just been, the league has just kind of been down for the last several seasons. And you keep expecting this uptick to happen, and it hasn't yet. Even Georgia Tech, who's a point guard school, couldn't hire their own, so they just hired someone else's little point guard. Yeah, they went and got Damon Stoudemire. They're like, oh, we can't. Mark Price and Kenny Anderson aren't returning her calls. Ah, well, let's call Damon. Well, <laughs> hiring former players has not worked out well for a lot of other schools, so hopefully we're the exception, but Those it's, it's not going another great. example who went through several yeah. before they got to Keats. Yeah. And Keats is, you know, kind of mixed results so far. Yeah. It's just, you know, Pittsburgh's up there, Clemson, you know I mean? Yeah. Clemson's the only school who's like, we're happy with what we got. We yeah, love Brad We love Brad Brown now, almost making the NCAA tournament every couple of years. We're Cle- we've accepted our station in life here in Clemson. Please stay here forever. We're a football school, and if he can at least not be embarrassing like some other schools that we lose to to keep us out of the tournament, then we're good with, 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 with Brown now. Can we talk about Kentucky losing? Because yes, we can. Let's Look, we can be real on the show. We are happy when our rival loses. Oh, yeah, I get joy. When, you know, you know, people are like, I can't believe Kentucky fans are celebrating. I, you know, I, I, I'm I, fine with them celebrating Louisville losses. I'm fine with them stomping on our graves and making fun of us having four wins. That's what rivalries are about. And let's be real with ourselves. The tournament, you don't really feel completely at ease watching the tournament until Kentucky's out. And I, I, I said it a week ago on the show, when the uh, Monday when we're reacting to the bracket coming out. And I was ready to come in here today and be like, I told you so. Because I really thought the bracket was going to open wide up and Kentucky was going to at least go to the Elite Eight of that region. And when they're, you know, when, when they're beating Kansas State yesterday and K-State's you know, one for a million from three, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And they're going to get Michigan State in the second round uh, in, in the Sweet 16, I mean. And while Michigan State's good in March, they're still not a great team. And then now that top half of the bracket's wide open, they're going to play somebody they can beat in the Elite Eight. This is, this is happening. I don't like it at all. And then Kentucky does what Kentucky has done recently in March and just spits the bit and makes us all very happy. They refuse to change up anything, and they let Marquise Noel just do whatever he wants. And now you got U.K. fans just complaining about officiating all day. Uh, it, it was great. It was nice. It was it was a lovely breath of fresh air for me. I know you felt the same way. I think a lot of people listening felt the same way. I mean, I I watched the game. Did the officials, like, knock every Antonio Reeves shot two inches to the left so it would miss? The, my did, timeline did, during the game did, was the did, funniest did, thing I'm in the sorry, world. Did, did they did they did they make Toppin realize he's the below average offensive player, which is why he went like one of seven? I mean, the best thing Toppin does offensively is miss a layup to, by, but attracting another defender so somebody else can put it back in. Yeah, that's like his most best offensive. He's a good trait. defensive player. You, he is he's usually because, a good defensive yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, because of his size and length, he can he can match up. Uh, but hey, at least now he can spend more time on the couch with Lily. And watch the rest of this tournament on this phone. I'll tell you, I'll, this is the nicest thing I'm going to say about Kentucky this entire show. He's a good actor. <laughs> He's got good acting chops. Like, like the first couple times I saw that, I didn't realize it was him. I'm like, that guy's Who good. peeks in his head and says one and done? Who is that? Was that Who player was that? I, didn't even I assumed it was a player. I don't even know who. Okay, good. So it's not me. Okay, I thought maybe I was just an idiot for not knowing. It, it, it's, we don't even know if it's an actor. Okay. Is it Wallace? I, that's what I didn't know. Was it somebody who's like declaring in the commercial? Like, because for all we know, no one's officially declared. I'm guessing it's Jason Wallace, but I wasn't sure. Okay. But, I, yeah, I, same thing. he's on there for, like, a split second. Yeah, he's like, one and done. They're like, no, no. But Toppin's no. great. Toppin, Toppin kills it. Yeah, he does a good job in the commercial, but which at least he has that to, to put it, hang his hat on for this this postseason. I mean, watching Noel, just, I mean, I was texting some UK he's fans. So, good. so I was like, 
He was like, I know this, you're not going to believe me, but Kansas State's actually fun to watch when you're not playing against them. I mean, because they, and they are a fun team to watch. I mean, watching him just do the alley-oops and the, I mean, just the emotion, I mean, between him and, and Miles Jr. over at TCU, I mean, it was just, yeah, I, I was getting pumped. It was the type of thing that I, I've never felt more confident they have but picking K-State in my Final Four right now. You they are going the to the four. Final Four. Yeah. I didn't know that. The only one, one of the two I have left. I'm in Arkansas. I don't remember you doing that. Yeah, on the air. I had Kansas State uh, go in the final four against uh, who? They haven't played against on the top side. Um, Arizona. They're losing Arizona in the final. Mm. I. I mean, I think they're going to be by Michigan State, but that's neither here nor there. I think. I think Michigan State is going to end up coming out of that region, which I, I hate because they've been to do the Izzo in March thing, and it's going to lose to Alabama by like thirty, and people are going to forget oh, that. Well, yeah. But it, it's it's a crap region. It is, and I would oh I would have said that if you take Kentucky out of it and put a equally average six seed in their spot. It was just a it was a crap region, and I think seven teams out of the West would have won it. But here we are. You're still not believing in Tang versus even against Michigan State, are you? I don't think you just, every State. round you're just gonna you're just gonna you're just gonna hate on him every round. I'm not you? hating. I don't think that they're very good. I don't, I don't well, think I mean, they, I don't, they how much more they got to prove you wrong. Not, you picked them to lose against Montana State. I did not pick them to lose you against Montana did. State. You picked them to lose against Kentucky. I picked them to lose against Kentucky. You, you said they didn't even belong in the tournament. That's not true at all. You were like, they, 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 you said they didn't They're even, an overachieving you, three you, seed. You said they should have been the seven or eight seed. No, they're, they're like Marquette. <laughs> they're an overachieving three seed. If they'd been in a different region, they'd be out already. Like, every team in this region sucks. They do. Like It's just it's not a good region. Really? What, who, you think, who, what region do you think got the worst matchups in 316 of all the four? What do you mean the worst? Like, 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 which which city is looking at their ticket sales going? This is the four teams we're getting. I mean, ours aren't great. Uh, it's, I think it's us. Yeah, ours are. are pretty I think bad. we might have the worst. <laughs> San Diego State versus Alabama and Creighton versus, versus Princeton. Princeton. I mean, it's probably us. It's probably and not a, like huge fan bases. Like the one, like San Diego State probably has the most rabid fans out of that quartet. Creighton, I take it back. Creighton's probably right there with Creighton's them. Got deep. But they're both so far away. That's a long trip for for anybody. But anyways, I loved my my timeline during the game yesterday afternoon because it's like U of L fans talking about how K State's getting screwed and UK's getting all the calls. National people kind of being like, I feel like K State's get, getting a bad whistle here. Like Shibway's like a little too aggressive with the elbows, and then every UK fan like, oh my god, we're getting screwed. And I'm like, this it's hilarious to follow. I never once during that game thought either team was getting screwed officially by. I thought that I thought Shibuya was getting away with a lot. Yeah, but that's just because. But he's just he's big. Yeah, it's, you, so it's hard to officiate. I get that. The one call that was really bad is they grabbed uh, Wallace when he was going, out and, and they called it straight out of bounds. Like that was the one where I was like, "Ooh, that's a that's a terrible call." But then some of the calls that I've seen, like UK fans put on my my, my timeline this morning, they're like, "Can you believe this?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a foul on your guy." He's like, <laughs> it's, "It's it's not a, t- a tough call at all." I mean, be thankful for anything. If, if, if it was anybody other than Shibuya holding the ball. Kansas State would have had about six more steals in that game. Yeah, they, I mean they, there, there were multiple times where any anyone other than Sheboy, anyone in this world maybe other than Sheboy holding the ball, that ball would have been stolen by K State. I mean, it came down to you know UK UK leads by one with two minutes to go. Kansas State hits back to back threes. Uh, the Ishmael uh, Mahmoud kid drills one, which like he did nothing that entire game. And then no hesitation buries like a 24-footer that was fairly well contested. You knew K-State was winning. And then UK comes down. They rim out a three. K-State comes back. Keontae Johnson, who had a very bad game, hits a step back three to go up by five. UK rims out another three by Reeves. And that's the game. Like They, yeah. they made two shots. You missed two shots. There you go. And, I mean, if you want to simplify it and say you know, the Reeves kid who's been so consistent for them this year, if he doesn't go one for 15, which he probably doesn't do, 
if they play that game 50 more times, yeah, UK probably wins. It's just or, that yeah. bleep happens in March. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're at least, yeah, you have a better shot at winning. I mean, but you're right. That's that's what happens in March. Some people have, listen, Miami nearly nearly lost to Drake in round one because their their star backcourts had yeah had a pathetic game. They found a way to somehow skim by their teeth, and as a result, guess what? Against Indiana, they they were back on their A game, and unfortunately, the Hoosiers are sent home. Sorry, Scoots. Sorry, but not sorry. Now bit. they. They also Kentucky just had nobody to guard Noel. Like he, no, not that. That's I mean, that's well. One, they they struggle with that kind of those the the quick guards anyway. But I mean, a lot of people do. But he's just I mean, he's been on fire. I mean, he's thirteen All American. He's he's yeah. that good for a reason. I did like the Calipari called him the little kid after the game. Shades of Scott Satterfield. Where I'm like, is he the big guy? I'm like, oh no, it's a reverse Satterfield. Oh, that's where you're going. I was wondering where you were going when I saw that tweet. I was like, what does he mean by reverse? Satterfield? Yeah, because Satterfield yeah, referred to the guy who yeah. just torched us. Johnny as, Wilson. Is yeah. he the big guy? Uh, Calipari doing the same thing. The little kid. It's like you know his name. The little kid. Just say his name. That little kid. <laughs> Which I did love all the. Did you see the the Jerome Tang the post game comment about you know we have dudes. Oh yeah, I'm paraphrasing here, but he gets asked. I think it's was it by, the power of faith or something like that. No, he no, no, screaming no, no. as well. No, no, not not that part. He gets asked by Dominic Yates of WOKY. You know, how's it feel right now being a program with the tradition of Kentucky in your first year to go to the Sweet Sixteen? And his his answer, and again, I'm I'm paraphrasing, is you know we've got tradition too. And the, all those oh, yeah. all those dudes who made Kentucky, you know, fantastic. Like they're not playing in this game, so the tradition thing doesn't really play a part in this. He's like, sometimes it just comes down to having dudes, and we had more dudes than they did, and that's that's what it came down. The to. modern day Rick Pitino, so and so's not walking through that door. Yeah, I mean, I, well, no, I love. The he basically is like, we've got like dogs, and they don't, and that's why we won the game. I mean, the the post game, which with him and 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 um, the boy from the, the Florida transfer and Noel. Uh, when they were talking to him, and they're giving all the you know the faith and pride and this and that. And I love the last question. Noel was, "What do you what, what is your what's your response? What's your, what do you say to the you know who you meet and you know because you know Michigan State at the time, but what do you say to your opponents in Harlem?" He's like, "Kill or be killed." <laughs> and it's like Tang's just like, "Wait, what?" Huh? Like they gave this whole fist face speech and he just kill or be killed. Well, and he just turned on I was like, I love this little kid. But we I love I mean I I'm I'm all K State for the rest of this tournament. But we had like so you have that comment by Tang and all the UK fans are like, how classless. Like John Calipari goes out of his way to compliment the other team. He'd never do something like this. You call like, him a little kid. I'm getting there. <laughs> okay, like, so. he, he's like they're like this is just this is ridiculous. This is so ugh. I wouldn't take shots at the team that just beat you. John Calipari is always so gracious. And then five minutes later, Calipari is like the little kid. I was like, come on, guys, let's not let's not act like both sides aren't aren't taking some shots here. We're just saying things that maybe can come off as being. I think it's taking shots. Just maybe in the heat of a moment, you may not remember a name. Is it, he's, say, he's not wrong. You play a pronoun game. I do it all the time. He's not wrong. Like Tang is like they got all the loose balls. They made all the big plays. They did all the dude stuff when that game was on the line. Like he just. I mean, what do you want me to lie? Like he's being honest about it. Like that's fine. Um, whatever. Like I, 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 I had no problem with it. So okay, I'm adopting K State for riding my, the rest of my way. Who, who's the member the bandwagon on? I don't like doing that. Like I, I like. I just got to be a team that just do do all the smoke being cleared now down to 16. That you've you've been like, I like this team. I, I'm I could I could be happy if this team goes far. There's not one team left. You I, mean, I don't like everybody. doing the rooting thing. I mean, I, I just, well, I'm not saying you have to buy. I their... like watching and just storylines and. Well, like, that's. I think K State's a great storyline. Do you not? 
They're, yeah, they're, they are a good story for sure. Like, I wouldn't hate it, but I'm not, I'm not going to, like, go out there and, like, openly root for them. Well, I mean, but, huh. Come on. I mean, what do they have to send you a t-shirt first? Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, one of those lavender I'm sorry, pullovers. I forgot. You don't, you don't do this for free. I don't. Uh, you, 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 you'll root for anybody and, and, and show no spine, but they got to give you something. First. I can be bought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm trying to think of who I, like, I don't really want, I'm not the biggest Izzo fan in the world, I don't really want Michigan State to win. I'm the same way right there, kind of the same with the uh, with Tennessee, too. Uh, I, I don't, I, I think Rick Barnes is fine, I don't hate him. I just don't like Tennessee, I've yeah. never been a big fan. I think San Diego State would be a good story. I, I want kind of a bizarro champion, and I think that. I'm surprised you're not written for Mick Cronin over in UCLA just to rub it in my face. I wouldn't hate UCLA winning at all, I, I like Mick, um, but like. I kind of want just a, somebody that's off the beaten path. Somebody that you look at and be like, they want it. Like, San Diego State, I think, fits that description. Creighton fits that description. Princeton obviously fits that description. Yeah, um, everybody in Louisville pretty much fits that description. <laughs> well, yeah, Bama, I think Except probably. Bama. Even Bama. Even Bama would yeah. be kind of weird, but they, you know, they're the number one overall seed. FAU would be great. Um, but everybody else is kind of. Well, who in the, who's it's left not in quite this as, isn't. It wouldn't be weird. I mean, I think Houston would be. I guess kind of, but like still, they've been so consistently good recently. Um, like UConn would not be weird. Uh, Tennessee would be, I guess, sort of weird. Michigan State would not. Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga would be technically weird, wouldn't they? Not. I mean, they still have never won a championship. You yeah, but they're still one, one of the biggest names in the sport. Like, you said they had won one in thirty years. And they'd I'm, have their own storyline where it's like Gonzaga fine, and everybody's already doing this thing. I did two radio spots this morning, and both them led with the exact same question, which is like, could. Th- the year that Gonzaga's flying under the radar, could they finally? I'm like, they're not flying under the radar anymore because everybody's saying they're flying under the radar. Like, <laughs> we're all have the same exact take now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's it's all three seed. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I do like that they're playing that game against UCLA on the exact 17 year anniversary to the day of the Adam Morrison Sweet 16 game. Oh, what is it? Yeah, which that'll be fun. I mean, give give Adam Morrison. He's doing the, he's doing the commercial with uh, Greg Oden too and this stuff now. So. No, he's not. He's in that commercial with Greg Oden and Steve Adams, the Sprint commercial. He is. Yeah, you haven't seen it where he's watching the he's watching his phone bent over on the the beach like he does at the end of that game. And Greg no, Oden, no, I haven't seen that one. Greg Oden helps him up. He's like, "Come on, man." He's doing uh, he's he's doing color commentary for Gonzaga Radio. Yeah, he's on the call now. I'm sure there's some other athletes in that commercial, but I, I just know those are the three that stick out to me. Or I've Adam. seen the one with Stephen Adams where they're on his shoulder, the couch thing. Yeah, no, this is another one where they're on the beach and Odin steals Lily's line, and she's like, "That's mine." He's like, oh, "I'm sorry." I'm, I guess I haven't haven't haven't. It's like I'm chameleon going with the flow. I mean, no, but I'm. I think it's a interesting Sweet Sixteen. You're gonna tell me something? Oh, we got Al Snow in here. I mean, is this is the pop in, or am I supposed to? <laughs> uh, I was told it was tomorrow, but that's good. He's not gonna run in like on the ring on me and then give me like a dusty finish. Or we just have Al, I mean? Al pops in here whenever he wants to. This is- I'm not telling him no. Are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, no. <laughs> uh, we do have to go I to see what happens to people who talk back to wrestlers. Well, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, you got like guys like Richard Belcher getting choked out by Hogan. Who was the wrestler that knocked out the reporter? Doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, just, just completely paint slaps like a reporter for calling him fake. All right, we have to go to break anyway. We got Al Snow in studio. He'll join us next. Talk a little OVW. Talk a little wrestling. I'm sure we can pick his brain about some other stuff as well. Keep it locked right here. More of the Mike Rutherford Show next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. <laughs>
Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Now, Trevor, would you have picked this music if you'd known that Al Snow was coming in for the segment? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I could see you coming down the ramp to this. Yeah, I, 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 mean, like, just, I like your bumper music. It's, I mean, it's, nice. this might have more like a, uh, yeah, more maybe a, an ECW Lady W feel to it. Maybe. Yeah, I, think I mean, so, without yeah. copyright rules, but I mean, I think yeah, I think I, think I could see you coming down to this. Paulie got away with a lot of stuff back then. <laughs> you can watch any of this stuff on their network; it gets so badly dubbed. Oh where they, yeah, where they've taken away all of this. All the, the stuff all that the, he didn't get paid for, yeah. yeah. All the music was what made it so awesome, and you know, and uh, when you take all that out, it really changes the dynamic of the yeah. television. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer coming down to like a, a musical version of Sandman doesn't doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have the same feel to no, it. No, 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 no. The man in a box is. Uh, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't have the same. It's got to be Tommy's music or nothing. <laughs> I couldn't even introduce Al Snow before you started doing the niche wrestling talk. This is I, I knew it was going to happen. I couldn't even say hello. Why are you here? I don't know. I, I, I've got no idea. I should have just left for this segment. Uh, we got Al Snow here in studio, wrestling legend, here to promote some. we got OVW, a big week ahead. Uh, we've had you on a couple of times to talk right. about everything that's going on over there. Uh, how is, real quickly, before we talk about next week's event, yeah. everything over at OVW seems to be rolling off full CBS. Things are, are really going well. Um, we just continue to grow. Uh, you know, I just, uh, found out that we're, uh, you know, on WBNA just here regionally, like we're doing massive television ratings every Thursday night. Um, and then on fight TV we're we're drawing big numbers and just the audience continues to grow. So, and our national numbers as well are just continuing to grow. So we're, we're, we're really doing a, doing a good job. We're, we're starting to get some momentum. A lot of people are saying that it's the the Mike Rutherford show commercial spots that run during the show that are drawing. <laughs> it could a lot of, it could be yes. A lot of people. Yeah. Where I talk about things that have a lot of times already happened three days earlier. Right. But that's okay. We're we're doing the best we can. Uh, you know. You know, it gets, it gets it gets them up to speed. That reminds them of what took place before. You know. Some of them trying to predict. The, like today, we're doing it, and I'm like. You have all women playing Texas on Monday night. Like, I don't know what to say if we won or lost. I got no idea. Uh, so, we're doing the best we can. But we got asked now, OVW is rolling. Now, next week, we got a special event. You said typically yeah. uh, Thursday night is the night for OVW and WBNA, but right. next week, going to be a little bit different. Well, next week, we have a huge television event. It's Tuesday Night Riot. Um, we're going back to the traditional night that wrestling's always taken place here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we do that every year because it's WrestleMania week for WWE. So um, we just run the, the television program earlier in the week to let everybody get ready for WrestleMania and, you know, and uh, the whole weekend. The Hall of Fame, SmackDown on Friday night, you know, uh, WrestleMania is now two nights, Saturday and Sunday night, the whole weekend. So it's a, big, it's a massive event. For How do you sure. feel about that change, by the way? It, it's, I feel like it's kind of like breaking, like it's expanding the NCAA <laughs> tournament to, to compare to something that we talk about here. I, you know, I, I think it's amazing that, that they're able to do it. And, and they have the, um, they sold out both nights months ago, um, well in advance. So that's a, an incredible feat, you know, to sell out a uh, 100,000 seat stadium, uh, you know, two nights in a row. And that's, that's incredible. Just incredible. Trevor, you've been to WrestleMania before, haven't you? Actually, no. You've been to, what, you, you uh, I've been, I've been to Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's the one. I did Royal Rumble, and I did like a like a backlash or something that was in Columbus, which was and I know unrememberable because I don't remember. I can't even tell you some of the matches that were in it. So I know when they uh, they just did SummerSlam in Nashville, and they you know they sold that that stadium. I think it was over fifty five or sixty thousand people there. I'd like to do one Mania. That, that I mean, 
because I went to Rumble, but that actually was kind of like my least favorite of the Big Four. I'm a weird guy like that. Most people love the Rumble. I was always Mania and SummerSlam. Really? And yeah, those, yeah, are, those are my think, two favorites. Everyone I speak to always loves. Them. I'm the complete minority. Everyone, and I enjoyed going to. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I had a good time there. But it was just, uh, yeah. But I, I at least wanted to like check mark one of the big four off my off my list if, yeah. if I could do anything. You're a wrestling was, hipster. You just re- you, you buck the the national trend, which is <laughs> I was a Rumble guy growing up, and you just you're too cool for it. Everybody yeah. loves. I, and I get cool why you love the Rumble. I just you know I also like Survivor Series when it was old school, like the old four five on five. Oh yeah, yeah. Elimination and, and things like that. Yeah. Trevor like anything that happened after 1990. That's, that's his, it's his motto. Was, I really don't, yeah. He, he Once was, the territories went under, I was gone. No. He was 11 years old, but he was like 75 in his mind. That's, that's who he is. He's an old soul. That's, so, that's what he is. So Tuesday Night Riot, yep. if, you know, if you want to watch it on TV, on WBNA 21, that's obviously great. If you want to make it out to the event, you yeah. can do so. And you come out and experience it live. And there's, I, I, you know, I think you guys have been to events. You can, tell, you can tell people it's completely different than watching it on TV. I mean, the energy is amazing especially in a building like davis arena where there's truly no bad seats in the building i mean you know and and you're right there it's very intimate um very up close uh you're you're really a part of the action and part of the show and uh you know uh, i can't advise people enough to to come out and check it out live as much as they can Uh, if they want tickets they can go to ovwrestling.com um they can get all the information for tickets there um, and uh, bring the kids. It's a family-friendly show, always has been, always will be. Um, and we, we try to, you know, keep things edgy and, and exciting and unpredictable, but at the same time, you know, not where you've got to put your hands over your child's eyes or <laughs> over their ears. Uh, the nice thing about Davis is, like you said, I mean, you go there, you, you talk trash to wrestling, they're hearing you. Yeah, and then and they talk trash just, right back. Yeah, to they you. will. They, yeah, they they will give you the look. Yeah, they'll they'll like, come right back at you. So. One more word, and I'm coming to you. <laughs> Ovwrestling.com <laughs> is the website. Now, Trevor was all about this. Trevor was at the the AEW event in Lexington two months ago, where he sat front row. He's Dark on TV cam, the yeah. entire time. Uh, he wore a, a bright red or I guess black U of L shirt with red the cards red. in Rupp Arena in Lexington. Drew a lot of I found all the people talking about Twitter like this guy wearing the Uwful shirt when their basketball team's two and twenty. <laughs> it was great. It worked out as planned. You got into it with a wrestler though at one point. Who'd you yell at? Oh, it was uh, Brian Cage. Oh yeah, yeah. Right before the commercial break, he well, that's you. the guy to yell at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy, yeah, the, the, guy, like that, a tank. the guy that the guy has three times my size with a mohawk. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. the guy to. Uh, I, I think I want to say he was wrestling. I think that was the match against Daniel Bryan's and they or the Daniel Bryan. They were setting up the whole pay per view, but yeah, he threw him against the uh, the 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 barrier right in front of me <laughs> as they were going to break and. I, just, I was there that night too, and, and uh, yeah, not right, not right down on the front row, but I was, uh, and I was yeah, I saw some people from, I saw like Matt, uh, Matt, yeah. and they were there. I, saw, I said hi to him and everything. So. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I went all out and got the the seat right there in the hard cam on the on the ringside. There you go, right in the middle. I, it's the only time I've ever sat right the there. Oh, I loved it. It was a great time. Yeah, it's a great show. I got to see that you know the the, the Bristol uh, Briscoe Mark Briscoe coming out and doing yeah. that match with Jay Lethal, which was emotional. And, yeah. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, it was a really good night. What uh, what 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 can we expect on this card for this this, this event coming up? What do we got? How stacked are we? Uh, well, we've got uh, Tony Gunn taking on EC3. EC3 from from uh, Impact. Impact. Yeah. And NXT and uh, WWE. Great wrestler. Uh, yeah, got, good worker. Uh, national heavyweight champion Jesse Goddard is defending his title against uh, Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, we have the OVW tag team titles are being defended. We've got. Uh, the women's title is uh, is being defended, so we've got we've got a lot of big matches. Is DC three play? Is he the heel in this this, this match? Or is he, is he Oh yeah, yeah. He's playing heel. Okay, I yeah. We've sure. got a, a group now 
consisting of uh, uh, Shira, Malabali Shira, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesse Goddard's EC3, uh, Adam Revolver, um, and uh, Luke Curtis, and uh, Shannon the Dude. Oh, good boy. That schmuck. And uh, didn't, he, didn't he learn his lesson from you last time? I, he doesn't seem to learn much. I so. mean, you'd think he'd learn how to shut up at some point. Uh, right? No, he'll be he'll be, be there and be running his mouth for sure. Now, I heard Shannon the Dude yesterday. So, UK, we talked about it before the year. UK yeah. loses to Kansas State yesterday. We're, we're, we're you know. It happens. We're yeah, fine yeah. with it. <laughs> they do their post-game show, and apparently some, like, drunk Xavier fan who'd been there early in the day is, like, getting into it, like, yelling, and Matt's kind of yelling. And, like, on air, Shannon goes and confronts him. Shannon's oh, like, really? Shannon's oh, like it's going down. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's, I don't know if it's the wrestling, <laughs> it's, you know, the, the, the world radio Shannon's champion the title. Guy. I mean, <laughs> but apparently the guy backed down. Apparently Shannon kind of punked him out. So Shannon's, yeah, he was setting the record straight. Wasn't going to have it anymore. Kentucky lost. He was upset about it. And this guy was not going to talk to them anymore. It was oh, great. Sh- Shannon's a little pit bull now. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> he brought it out in him, out. Man, come on. He's on him. Uh, now, you said we're having this event next week because it's WrestleMania week. Yes. And mm-hmm. you've competed in WrestleMania. You, yes. You know, you've been around it for Favorite memory when it comes to, I'm, I'm sure like this time of the year, it's like, you know, it's it's the Super Bowl of sure, wrestling. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it, it's, you know, mainstream media is more involved with wrestling and, uh, you know, because it's such a huge event. You know, uh, cities literally compete, bid. To get WrestleMania in their in their city, like they do for the Olympics, so because it, it brings so much business uh, to the communities, and uh, um, it's 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 amazing the vision and the direction and the growth that has you know with that event. You know, when it first started out, everybody thought that you know there's there's no way it's going to you know top what it did in uh, WrestleMania three when they had ninety three thousand people in the Silverdome, but since that time, it's just become a juggernaut you know where it just keeps building and building and building and i i just think that's it's it's an incredible testament to vince mcmahon and uh and his you know vision and his intelligence and the direction he's taken that company i remember being a kid and like seeing the 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 event was so massive like you know the toronto sky dome was that the the warrior hogan match yeah yeah and then like you know they're they're going you know they just it's and that crazy was to view some thousand people there. Yeah, you know? the Hoosier Dome was the year after at seven, which yeah, supposedly the traffic and everything was so bad for that that that's why Vince like won't refuse to ever bring it back to Indianapolis, I think, or something like that. Maybe, I read maybe. really like there was there was just it was just the delay people getting in. It was just like like a traffic nightmare apparently outside. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it affected it's, Papa Joe's cue to, to to break up the the final you know leg drop. You know. Well, it's uh <laughs> you know. Um, like it's just a monster of an event and uh it really uh is you know for us it just it helps our business uh here in louisville you know because it just brings more attention to wrestling and um and we're more than happy to run the event you know run our television special on tuesdays instead of thursdays because of it so it's like the final four like you don't you're not seeing it in something short of a dome anymore yeah, yeah exactly like, like you know back you know like when you watch the final four game like oh well that was in freedom hall like that's WrestleMania was in, you know, uh, the Trump Plaza in four and five, you know, that not anymore. If you're in yeah. a dome, you're not even, don't even bother calling. Yeah. There, there's a part of me that misses that with, with college basketball, at least. I think the last one was actually the 97 Final Four, uh, was in San Antonio with Kentucky and Arizona. It was not like a huge, gigantic. That wasn't in the Alamo Dome? It, it wasn't in the Alamo Dome. I think it was in somewhere else. Or maybe that was the first one. No, yeah, it was 90, 98, I think, was the Alamo Dome. I think no, that right. was St. Pete's. That was St. Peter's. But it's. There's a part of me that misses that. With WrestleMania, I can see why you would never want to go like have an event like that 
at a place like Old Freedom Hall or something. It was great for like the smaller sure. pay-per-views. Yeah. But like it just is a spectacle. Like yeah. it's huge. Yeah. You got the, the people coming out like back in the day, the Sky Dome one where they came out in the little mobile rings. Like it's just the pomp well, and circumstance is great. At uh, Caesar's Palace, remember when they had the yeah. Yeah. Palace, they were riding yes. the little chariots out yes. to the ring. Yes. Yeah. Bobby Heenan comes out backwards on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would that what was your first WrestleMania event that you were on the card for? You know, uh jeez, I can't I don't know, I can't remember. I can't tell you the number. Uh the first one was a triple threat for the hardcore title with Bob Holly and Billy Gunn, and we were the opening match. So it was mid early not late not mid nineties late nineties. Uh, it would have been probably late nineties early two thousands. Okay, so yeah. in the midst of at least the attitude area. Yeah, it would have yeah. been in the attitude past the sure. uh, yeah the the the, the mid nineties that were the hard times. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. Yeah. This is a very dumb question, but I've always kind of wondered something like this. When you are, like you said, you were the, the opening match, the lid lifter right. in WrestleMania, what do you do after? Like, did you hang out in the back and watch the rest of the Do you, oh, like, yeah. get out there and get dinner early? Like, what, what, what do you do? Open uh, match is an important match. Yeah, For sure, but, I mean, like, yeah. when, is, when it's over, like, are you happy to have it out of the way? You can have your own time, or do you just hang back out there and watch the rest of the show? Yeah, you hang out in the back and watch the rest of the show and, and you know, and enjoy the experience. I mean... It, it, the opening match is just as important as the main event uh, because it's the one that, you know, gets mm-hmm. everybody up and gets everybody going. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's it's kind of a, a compliment for them to, you know, trust you enough to put you out there as the opening match and because uh, and you're kicking off that kind sure. of an event. And then then you just – it's such a such an event that even when you're a part of it, you still want to take it all in and you want to – you know, so you just hang out backstage and – you know, just soak it in as much as you can. Did you leave with that hardcore belt? Uh, not that night, I didn't. Uh, no. but, but but I've gun I've, cheated I've left probably. with it several times after that. <laughs> yeah, so. I know you had. A, I think yeah. gun cheated somehow. What's that? Gun probably cheated him or Holly. I, I think it was gun that ended up winning it at that hey, time. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's an oh, yeah. without a doubt, Bill was <laughs> <such> a cheater. <laughs> how different is it taking in WrestleManias now, like on on the different side? I mean, how do you experience it now? How do you like to take it in? I like to not go to the actual event. I, ju- I like to watch it, you know, on pay-per-view, uh, you know, and, and just sit back. And usually um, I'll go to the WrestleMania event because they have a, they have WrestleCon that's uh, like a big wrestling convention. Uh, and those wrestling conventions are really, for us, uh, the older wrestlers, it's like a big family reunion. That's the one time we get to see everybody, say hi to everybody, and shake hands and hug and hang out for a little bit and you know, catch up on old times and stuff like that. So I'm not going this year uh, out to L.A. I'm going to go next year because uh, I believe it's in Philadelphia next year. I'll, I will go there. But uh, this year I'm, I'm not going to make the trip out to L.A. Um, but, you know, that's how big the event of WrestleMania is, is that um, in the past I've went and we've went down to, you know, went to the WrestleCon and done, a, you know, signed autographs and done an appearance there. And then, you know, you, they have shows, literally independent wrestling shows, all around the city of L.A. They'll start probably Wednesday, and they'll run all the way until WrestleMania itself, you know. Multiple You've got PWG in L.A., too. I know last year in Texas, at Gillies, uh, they literally had, uh, in the same building, had two shows going on at the same time. I think MLW was in one half of the building, and then uh, Control Your Narrative had a show on the other half of and both were sold out. When you go to these these wrestling con events, yeah, 
What's the weirdest thing anybody's had you like sign or ask oh. you to do? Because I, I can imagine you've got some people that are interesting characters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's the uh, there's the lurkers, and that's where they kind of peek their heads around the corner, and then when you look at them, they kind of they they're shy and they go back, and then they <laughs> they hesitate to approach the table, you know, and uh, they'll walk up, and then inevitably uh, they'll always they'll go, oh yeah. I met you uh, such and such like 25 years ago. And do you remember what you said to me? And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even remember yesterday. <laughs> so how am I going to remember that? And then, because quite honestly, like, uh, you know, the people, the fans don't come to the convention to get an autograph. They come to really share a moment with you, and, mm. you know. And so I really try to um, – you engage and speak with everybody and but then there are those I, I like to call the ear bleeders which they stand there and you, you know how when you've had a conversation and it's kind of ended yeah and yet they're not gonna let it go the other person yeah. doesn't know it yeah and now they're standing there staring at you <laughs> awkwardly why are you looking at me Mike <laughs> <laughs> and then they search for another thing to say to keep the yeah. conversation and it starts getting really ponderous and yeah. yeah one of the worst was i was in philadelphia at a wrestling convention and this guy just came up out of nowhere and he just put his hands on the table and just stared at me and didn't say anything <laughs> and i just was like hey how are you what how's it going and he didn't say anything and this went on for like I don't know, an interminable amount of time. I mean, he just kept staring at me, and I was getting kind of freaked out. And I started babbling, trying to get him to talk. And finally he goes, uh, you're not in WWE anymore, are you? And I go, uh, no, I'm not. Um, and then I start babbling again because I'm looking to fill the space, you know, and he just keeps staring at me. And he goes, why? And I go, well, it just... I quit, and then he just kept staring, and then he just walked off, and then uh, and that was oh the best this one. This is like a conversation I have with my three year old daughter daily. Yeah, well, the best one was at the Lexington Comic Con, which I'm going to be there this weekend. Uh, <laughs> this guy comes up, and he's talking to me about how much of a fan he is, and he will do anything for me. All I got to do is ask. Oh God! And I'm like, you bet, buddy. <laughs> Whatever you know, I, I, I he goes. I'm telling you, Al, I love you. You're the most awesome guy. You're the greatest wrestler ever. I'll do anything. And he go, he writes his phone number down. As he comes, he leaves. He comes back by. He slides his phone number to me like he's trying to. Keep, he has a girlfriend, and he's like, <laughs> <coughs> like I'm the side chick, and he's trying to slide it to me without her realizing that he's giving me his phone oh, number. God. So he gives me his phone number and winks at me. My <laughs> wife looks at me and I'm like, eh, what, do I, what do I do? I didn't tell him anything. I swear, honey. I, swear, I, didn't, right. I didn't give him any kind of he look. Comes, <laughs> he comes walking by, you know, it, the place is packed. And he comes walking by again and he looks over at me and he puts his hand up, <laughs> making the phone sign and go, mouths, call me. So I thought, I told my wife, I said, you know what I should do? I should wait until about three o'clock in the morning. And call him up in a panic and go, hey, 
hey, do you have a place I can hide a body? And then just see what he does. I kind of feel like that's what he was implying, is that he's like, yeah. he basically is saying without saying, I'll kill people for you if, if need be. If he had the number, I'd think we call him right now. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I lost that number. That's who, you, Trevor, he probably was like, hey, that's who got, your ex-girlfriend should have called. He's probably dating him. <laughs> I got some hogs in the back. It'll be fine. Just bring her on down. Trevor, I mean, I've done this show with Trevor for almost two years now. He famously, just two months ago, let me know that one time an ex-girlfriend called him up and wanted to know if he knew anybody that would help her dig up, up a body. Yeah. Dig up a body? Dig up a body. I was like, the fact that she thought that you were the person makes me very concerned here. I had doctor in like probably a year. She should have called <laughs> up this guy. This guy would have helped her out yeah. if, if Al had asked him. Hey, Al. I'll find his number out again. I'm going to be at the Comic-Con in Lexington this God. weekend. He'll probably swing I'd back I know then I would just forwarded it over to you anyway. Like, yeah. The only now. thing weirder would have been if he'd walked by again and just been like, anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only thing that could have made that situation. He just mouths, I love uh, you. <laughs> oh, God. You just name it. I can't even imagine. I, I can't yeah. even imagine the characters. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of trouble. I'm more props to you for not yet yeah, getting a good buzz that night and do, calling him at 3 uh, in the morning and being like. I was like, tempted. I really was. I mean, I would have probably done, or at least had somebody in, like, one of one of my you know coworkers call him, yeah. like Kane call him randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it, you meet some interesting uh, people. Yeah, I would just been like, "Hey, quarter pounder with cheese." I'm kind of hungry. Every, Go get my, one. <laughs> my wife loves to start a conversation with these people. And then walk away and leave me alone with them. <laughs> <laughs> so she lights the fire and then walks so away from this, it. Yeah. God love this woman. She this. We were in Chicago at a, a wrestling convention and a woman came up and she was dressed as Wonder Woman. And I do mean you had to wonder. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, who, and uh, so I thought I'd pay my wife back and I started a conversation and then walked away, and then I ribbed myself because. I heard her say, yeah, I'm a model in Utah. And I was like, there's a modeling agency in Utah? <laughs> so I, I was drugged back into the conversation. Because trust me, if this woman was a model, <laughs> didn't, you had to, there was a you, lot of... You walked away, you're like, now I'm genuinely intrigued. Yeah, I want to continue. You're a model <sighs> with the lens cap on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> So I got drugged back in on that one. Oh, so. It happens. Yeah. So we've got uh, Tuesday Night Riot uh, next yeah. Tuesday yep. on TV, WBNA 21. If you want tickets, you can get them at ovwrestling.com. Yep. Uh, anything else we're plugging here? Any, anything else we need to know about what's going on right now in the OVW world? Uh, we'll have a regular, our regular TV taping this Thursday. We'll be live again on WBNA from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, um, like we are every single week. Just next week we'll be on Tuesdays uh, because of WrestleMania. There he is. Uh, so. Trevor, you got anything? Um, no, I'm good. I'm looking this is the forward. first time ever that you haven't had a question for us. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you've got like 75 things you want him to, you want him to say. Uh, no, I'm, I, think, I think I'm good. I'm excited for the, uh, the, the event coming up. It, yeah. It's, it's going to really be a big big television event. It really is. And we always. Yeah, really I mean, I've watched OVW on it. Thursday nights. They put on a great show. Yeah. We, I, I'm not saying it because I'm a, I'm a part of it, but uh, we re- the talent are really doing a great job. They really are. All right. A so, week from tomorrow. WBNA21, OVWrestling.com. Yep. It's Tuesday Night Ride. We're getting ready for WrestleMania. Yep. It's going to be a fun show. Al Snow, we always love having you in here. Thank you guys very pleasure. much. I appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your text at 502 414 1450. We'll get back into this NCAA tournament talk and also a little bit of talk about what we didn't have a chance to discuss Friday. Trenton Flowers, he's a Cardinal. Some people aren't going to be Cardinals. We'll discuss the latest roster moves coming up after the break. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 961, The Big X.
Monday edition of the Rock Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Thanks to Al Snow for popping in. A day early, but it was it was wonderful. I mean, he'd come in tomorrow too if he wants. You know, we ne- we very rarely have guests on the show. And when we do, like 50% of the time, it gets mixed up when we don't do it ourselves. <laughs> because, uh, like, I went back and checked the text messages. It was supposed to be tomorrow. He said Jay told him today. Uh, but it ended up working out well. It reminded me, though, of, remember the Jeff Brom interview where, like, we started the show. We yeah. weren't sure when he was going to be able to come on. I think we're like 5 p.m. hours or something. And then, yeah, Dugan is like, he'll be on at 5.15. And then at like 4.20, you're like, Jeff's on the line. <laughs> I was like, okay. I think the text was he'll be on at 5. But I think we were like 5 p.m. and he meant 5 minutes. He meant at 5 minutes Yeah, he's from talking now. Like, like 5 minutes. We didn't like misunderstood yet. I was like, oh, okay. Let's, talking. let's do it. This is the world's most organized sports station. That's why you listen to us. That's I was in the midst us. of our uh, our sa- my, me ordering a salad, too. It was a salad day. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, the first question was about what should Trevor get on his salad. He's never coming back on. Uh, but it was he came on once, and it's on a promo that runs. So, you know, it's there forever. You're damn right. You're not taking it away from us, Jeff. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the latest news on the UofL men's basketball front. We haven't got a chance to talk about this. We knew it was coming, but Friday at 5.30 when Rashawn Myers was on the air here filling in, uh, we we get the official well, word. Can, when we backtrack, because we haven't even talked about the one that happened Thursday after we went off the air on Thursday. What was Thursday? Was it Sky, was Clark? Sky Clark? Official, yeah, officially, yeah. Since you've come, since we ended the show on Thursday, Louisville's been like racking them up, man. I I'd forgot. I can't remember it's what like happened. It's been, I know. I couldn't remember what had happened and what had happened after the, the show on Thursday. So Sky Clark officially in the mix. Exactly. I think we talked about Sky Clark a lot on Thursday because we knew it was going to happen. Well, yeah, we kind of knew both were inevitable, possibly. Right. But it's still, I mean, it's still nice to see it. You know, the the graphic. You know, whether whether your emotions are or you know expectations are for Sky Clark, it's still for sure. It's still a good thing. And then we get on, on Friday, Trenton Flowers not just committing to Louisville, but announcing that he is uh, going to reclassify to 2023. I did see because a couple people were like, "I know you're not on the air, but I'd like you to talk about this." The, I think it was 24/7 Sports that accidentally, I guess, hit yep. publish on a, a a post that was saying we were on the air, Phil Pat. <laughs> yeah, that, that was saying you know he's committed, he's going to reclassify, and that uh, it sucks. I mean. I don't think it was anything malicious. I don't think they were trying to steal his announcement. They deleted it really quickly. This, I, I can say from experience, it is it happened to us at SB Nation a couple of times where you have pre-writes written out for something that might happen, and then somebody accidentally hits a button that they're not supposed to. It gets published a little bit early. And sometimes it's weird because, like, you, you have the pre-write written and it'll be published, but it's not something that like, you don't have inside info. You just accidentally hit a story that you had written if it does happen, we're going to, have, and it winds up being totally false. For instance, I can't remember what site did it, but one of the rivals team sites published something like North Carolina gets at large bid to the NCAA tournament, and it was this whole story about. Yeah. And so everybody sees this, and they're like, "Is there something to this? Do they know?" And it turns out it was just a, you know, if this happens pre-write that got hit published uh, accidentally, but that happened to Trenton Flowers. Yeah. Whoa. Now we got phones. What was going on here today? Now we got phones working here. I don't. Who knows? But Flowers announces at five thirty on Friday he's committed to Louisville uh, and he's reclassifying, so he will officially be a member of next year's team. And then I guess the the news today 
not shocking, but it's now official. Jalen Withers has entered the transfer portal. So we've got six players. We also lost Wheeler in that portal while we were gone, too. Was Wheeler gone, too? I yeah, he was on Friday as well, yeah. So we've got six players now who've entered the transfer portal. The three freshmen, plus Roosevelt, Wheeler, Sidney Curry, and Jalen Withers. Yeah. And now three official, uh, I guess, new additions that we found in just the last couple of days with with Trenton Flowers, with Sky Clark, and, and with, uh, who am I forgetting, Who's uh, Dennis Evans, the five-star prospect from 2023. So... We, look, we said it was going to happen fast. I don't know if we knew it was going to happen this fast. We're not the NCAA tournament's a week old. No, it all happened we, like the three days we were just out. And I if mean. this were just enough, like the roster is already turning completely over. But it's also kind of what we thought would happen. I mean, th- these are six guys that we all identified. Yeah. Kamari Lands is maybe the one that people were flip flopping back forth uh, on. We thought these guys would go. We thought the other guys would come in. It's happening. What I like about what's happening right now is that. If Kenny Payne's got the goods, if the staff has the goods, we're going to know next year. Like the the whole, it's a culture issue, it's a talent issue, it's a whatever issue, will not carry water next year. I think that you still need to add transfer pieces for this to be a, a roster that looks NCAA tournament good. I think Louisville's feeling pretty good about some of the kids that they've reached out on. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and say the one name that I think people feel confident in that could help Louisville out dramatically is Khalif Battle from Temple, who's into the transfer portal. He's heard from a lot of different guys. I think the buzz on in college basketball circles is that Battle could be leaning towards Louisville. He's one of the best players available in the portal. He's a guard, sophomore, averaged 18 points per game this past season, uh, still technically has two years of eligibility despite playing four college seasons off and on so far. Uh, two years ago, averaged 21.4 points per game in limited action before he got hurt. He's the type of scoring guard with college experience that this program desperately needs to add. If you can add him, maybe a couple of other guys with similar or slightly below accomplishments next to their name, then we start talking about this is a tournament good roster. Let's get it done. But I think one way or the other, we're going to know because if this coaching staff takes this 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 new roster – that has a significant uptick in talent, and we're like 10 wins good again next year, we know it's just not going to happen here. Like We're going to know next year, which is all we, that we want, right? Yeah, and like you said, I don't think there's been any changes. I, I, I got nothing against uh, against battle, but I would like to have uh, still. I still kind of want that more smaller, more ball-handling point guard type upperclassman where battle's kind of more your— but You're probably not going to get that now because you got Clark. The assumption is he's going to come in and be your point guard. Whether you feel good or bad about that's, that, that's the thing. I don't know how how I he's really, going to be your starting point guard next year. I mean, I don't know how, but who you can't he can't be the only one. I mean, and if Ellis doesn't come back, who? Yeah, but you're not going to. My point is, you're not going to get a top tier point guard in the portal now because people. Well, it depends. They're not going to play behind Sky Clark. I guess it also depends what your definition of top top tier is as well. I mean, I, maybe you know, I'm not asking for the number one guy, but I still want somebody who can contribute and be somebody who I can can put it to one, which right now we still only have one guy that we can kind of put it to one, and that's Sky Clark. Yeah, I, I think you need to go out and get a lower-level player who can be a backup point guard, but you have to find – I mean, most of the players who are transferring, it, you, you may have to go into like a a power conference program for this because most of the players that are transferring from the lower level are doing so because they want to go to a bigger stage, play a huge role, and go to the NCAA tournament. And when you've already got Sky Clark in the fold – you're not going to get that type of player. But you can find a guy who's comfortable, happy being a backup. 
Uh, and I, I'm with you. I think you need somebody to have that scholarship because let's be real. Sky Clark, as talented as he is, and he was talented enough to win the starting point guard job as a true freshman in Illinois this past year. But as talented as he is, he's still certainly a question mark. There, yeah. there are issues out there. He was turnover prone last season. Um, he, he struggled defensively, especially with dealing with pick and roll. Still more of a shoot first kind of point too as well. I mean. I, I'd say that that's probably a, a safe assessment. And we still don't really know exactly what happened with him leaving the team in the middle of the year. I, I think that you clearly Kenny Payne is comfortable enough with him with whatever went down to bring him in, but like you're going all in on Sky Clark. Like he's going to be your starting point guard next year, and if he has the same issues that he had at Illinois, then you're not going to be what you want to be as a team. But if he does realize that potential, and he look he was terrific in their win over UCLA, which is a damn good team. If he's that type of player for the entire season, you, you've got something there. But um, I, I think you have to hope that it's Sky Clark and maybe some other guys that can help handle out the ball handling duties. Like You have to hope that Trenton Flowers can handle it a little bit. Mike James is going to improve, hopefully, and come back. Hopefully, we still don't know what he's going to do. And then get some other guys that can just, just do it by committee. But he's going to be the dude. Like He's going to be the guy who runs the show next season. I'm assuming James and Ellis were the only two. Because Trainer kind of gave the hint with the with the dunking thing. I get a picture, I guess. If nothing else, he's giving the hint that he wants to be here, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't imagine why we wouldn't accept him back. So, I mean, I guess it's just now down to just James and Ellis, I guess, at this point, right? And Honey Hatfield. That's, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. Honey Hatfield. My, my, my guess is that I don't think Ellis is coming back. I think that he's ready to not be a college basketball player anymore. I, I'm not 100% on that. That seems to be the buzz. I don't understand why. I mean, why would you not want to spend one more year? I, mean, I don't know. It's just me. Well, his first so, two years haven't exactly been a great experience, I don't think. That's but, true, and they're, but they're damned to get better. I mean, trust me. You'd I hope mean, so. You'd hope so. I mean, he's, he, I mean, also, maybe he doesn't want to assume a, a different role because he's going to have to defer more. Uh, maybe that would be too big of an adjustment. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? But he also, I mean, let, let's be real. LLS, if he's going to come back next season, he can't be the same type of defensive player that he was this year. The offensive numbers were great, but he was a big part of the reason why Louisville had it, the worst defensive team that they've ever had in, in the history of the program. Well, he wasn't. He was one of five reasons. That's what I'm saying. He, he played a big part <laughs> in that. Like he was, he was not a good defensive player, and the effort that he gave on defense didn't match the effort that he gave on offense. No. But I, I, feel, I feel good about James, Trainer. And Huntley Hatfield at this point coming okay. back. Now you add in the, the guys we already knew were coming in: Williams, Glenn, Cron Davis. I think Akora Four is going to come back as well. That's yeah. seven now. Trenton Flowers added to the mix. Sky Clark added to the mix. We've got nine players for this roster. You've got four spots still out there. I, I think that I mean, if you get battle, all of a sudden you're feeling like you've got a solid ten, and go out there and find some guys that can complement at, at other spots. But look, Kenny Payne's. We've been asking for, I think the big reason why I struggled with having the same damn debate on the show almost every day during the season was the evidence on the pro-Kenny Payne, I believe in Kenny Payne side, just wasn't there. Like There wasn't anything to point to. So the argument was stale. You've got one side saying he hasn't gotten any players, he hasn't won any games. That's our argument. you got the other side saying it's going to get better. And there was nothing to really point to. He's given us something to point to now. Like he's get, yeah. he, he has done what we hoped he would do going into this past season. You can say these players are a significant upgrade. That's why things are going to get better. You're going to see the real Kenny Payne this season. And you can also, on the other side, say it's great that it's a significant upgrade, 
But is it enough for this guy to go from four wins to like 24 wins in one year? Or is it enough to go to, to 16 wins? Like just how good can we be? And it's why I think next season is going to be so intriguing. If he wins 20 games next year, boom, all those arguments were valid. It was it was the players. It was the culture. It was everything else besides Kenny Payne and the staff. If he wins like 10, 12, 13, how can you say that that guy can eventually win a national title here? I mean, the Payne homers will tell you that it's an improvement over four, but I don't think you and me are. In a we lot can't of do that. You cannot do say, that. Yeah, we're not. We're not taking. We're not. We're not. We're not. You can't beat us. That we're not taking it. You might as well just. You got a better chance of meeting a mustard covered pickle because that ain't gonna happen. I mean, at least uh, at least with what with the Payne homers and the Payne butt slappers can say like, you know, he couldn't. He couldn't bring in his own team because we had the cloud. Well, I mean, for, for for their argument, I mean, the cloud has been lifted, and now here's Payne bringing in multiple top recruits, for whether sure. it be Nick Evans or, I mean, Nick Evans, Dennis Evans, uh, or uh, Scott, Scott Clark, which I didn't call him Scott Moore, so I should be credited for that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, just those two, and obviously Flowers as well, I mean, and then reclassifying. So, I mean, is it, you know, is it, DJ Wagner, no, maybe not, but I mean, it's 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 a step in the right direction forward. Now, and that's great, and that's awesome. Now, let's let's see if you can what you can do with the talent. You know, sure. I can you can sit there and you know give me a you know a, a, the nicest ten speed bike that's ever been built by human hands. Doesn't mean I'm going to get anything out of it because I don't know how to ride a. I mean, I know how to ride a bike, but I'm not going to because I'm lazy. So, I mean, let's let's see. You know, let's let's. let's You've been you've been validated, I guess, to a degree. If you're you're you were a Kenny Payne butt slapper all season, you've been validated a little bit to this point. Now, it, now prove us completely wrong and show us that you can win and get the most out of this team. Yeah, I mean, th- that, and that's the good thing about him acquiring this level of talent is that it's no longer going to be this mystery debate. We're like, when when this happens, you'll see. When this happens, you'll see. It's happening, which is awesome. Now we need to see because none of this matters if we go out there and we look like the same lethargic team without a game plan, who doesn't seem to prepare well for games, if all that repeats itself this year and we are just slightly better than the worst team that we've ever seen, then we've got our answer. And if and look, this, and if he kills it, we've also got our answer. This is why I'm so excited about what's happening here. It's not necessarily because I feel like it guarantees that we're going to have a dream season next year, we're going to be back in the NCAA tournament, but it guarantees one of two options. It guarantees that either we're going to have that season and bam, everybody's happy, we're back in the tournament, you know, March is fun again, or we know this isn't going to work and we can start moving in a direction where hopefully it will work immediately. We don't have to go through this whole purgatory season three deal. But this isn't also 2010 where, you know, you get just, you know, a handful of top recruits and you can be like, oh, we're going to be competing. You know, I mean, Kentucky's got, I mean, how many top recruits on their team last year and they just got beat in the second round as a six seed. Well, yeah, but we would take six seed second round next year. Well, right. Yeah, right now. But I'm just saying I don't want I don't want that to be the ceiling. And I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I mean you just can't bring in the tech you're you're gonna have to coach it too. I mean and that's I'm still still iffy on that. Well I think we all are. And but like I said last week, I don't want to have to do the thing where every time we have a positive piece of off season news, we're like a doesn't mean anything if he can't coach with it because we that I think that goes without saying at this point. We all know that. Yeah, we're trying to to react to just the news itself, which has been positive. Like this is, we wanted him to have a stellar off season. He's off to a stellar start. There's no question about it. I agree. It. He's done what we wanted him to do, and that's step one towards getting us out of this gigantic hole that's been built. There's a lot more steps to come, but 
You can't take him if you don't take the first one. That If nothing else, that's happening. So uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton tax line. We'll take some text in just a second. Real quickly, though, Jalen Withers, one of the more perplexing players, I think, in recent Louisville memory. He comes in here. First of all, it, it was a surprise. If you remember in that class, he was a member of the, the Super 6 class, which I, nev- <laughs> I never called him the Super 6. I hated it. I still hate it. Just a reminder that don't go overboard with any butt-slapping like, stuff. Like, yeah, you swallow a little bit before you even say that. You're like... I was so like, guys, don't, let's not do this. I was like, let's not do this. And people just, they ran with it. Uh, like, they're running with stuff now, but it's okay. But he was a member of that class. He was not expected to redshirt. Like, they thought that Quinn Slezinski was going to be the, the player from that class that would redshirt. It turns out that Jalen was a little bit further behind everybody else, so he took that redshirt year. He wins the dunk contest at Louisville Live, shows off that athleticism. And not a good, he's got a good fortune, by the way. A good sign for St. Clair County. What do you mean? I mean I mean, oh, winning the dunk contest? Yeah, I think maybe. I don't know about one of that garbage. I think Darius Perry won it the other year. Yeah, I think we need to do that for walk-ons only, maybe, or something. Well, Zan Payne was the three-point shooting contest winner this year for, for, the men's, for the men's side. But so he comes out. I think the forgotten thing in all of Jalen's career here at Louisville was how good he looked at times as a retro freshman. He was yeah. on the all-freshman team, all-ACC freshman. Average double figures on a team that was the first team left out of the NCAA tournament. The best team that he played for in his three years here was the one where he averaged 10.5 points and, like, six rebounds. And then, you know, he he's on all these breakout lists, all these sophomore breakout lists. Chris Mack is saying if a light bulb comes on for him, he could go to the pros after this year. If it doesn't, he's going to be here for three more years. And he's a ghost in that second season. He, he averages, you know, his, his point total is cut in half. He averages like two full fewer rebounds. He doesn't play with any confidence. He doesn't play with a whole lot of effort. And then this year, he shoots it well from the outside, but hasn't really improved in any other area. He, like Ellis, kind of still looks lost defensively. Um, He loses the ball every time that he drives to the basket. Doesn't seem to be playing with much confidence. Doesn't seem to be making great decisions. He's always going to be kind of a a what-if. Like, I wonder, is it just a him thing? Or is it is he a Shaquan Aaron, or is he kind of a guy that, with the right coaching, with the right stability, could have become a fantastic college player who could who could have been a pro guy? Um, and I'm curious to see what he does from here. I think there's a lot of buzz that he may go to Charlotte, which is where his dad played and was a all conference player back in the 2000s. I think that would be a nice little fit for him. But I just I always thought that he had, and you saw it every now and then, every like fifth or sixth game. He had this stretch where he would play with so much confidence and that all that ability would shine through. And I just thought eventually we're going to have that moment, that light bulb moment. He's going to become a consistently just really effective player, that Wayne Blackshear moment. And it just never happened for whatever reason. Yeah, I was kind of I remember after the freshman year, I was had to kind of just like the, the, the Cisco Garcia type, you know, the freshman who is with the upperclassmen, gets you like, gets you flashes, gets you good eight, nine, 10 points a game. And, you know, the next year he takes that step forward right. when people leave. Break out in this case, would have been Carly Jones, maybe David Johnson. You know, and, and back in Cisco's case, you had, you know, Reese Gaines and Ellis Miles and the, the other upperclassmen that were on that team with him. Uh, Ellis, uh, uh, was it Brown? I forget his name. The the swing man. Eric Brown. Eric Brown. Yeah, was was on there. But anyway, that's kind of what I, I saw. Like, you know, that, that tradition. Like you said, breakout sophomore year. But, yeah, I don't know if it's just the – I don't that whole, you know – Last year with the, the the coaching moves and everything, if that just, I mean, I feel like it did stunt obviously JJ Trainer for an entire year. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have. I mean, it may have stunted everybody into a degree that where 
I mean, we spent most of the season trying to get back out from behind that rock that was last year. And you saw it took trainer a while to even get back into a groove. It was, you know, mid January until he started kind of getting playing to where you saw potential, more potential out of him again. And Withers, yeah, it was just, it was constant. It was just, you know, for every two, two, three plays he'd make good, he would just dribble off his foot the next two plays. And yeah. I, I do like Withers. I think he can go. I, I think I, I'm curious to see where he goes. Um, I, I think he's a power five kid. I think he's a kid that's going to go. I mean, he can go to a, a school that's maybe in the middle area and, and, and be a contributing, maybe a third option or something, uh, you know, a, a glue, not a glue guy, but you know, kind of, again, they kind of that third kind of fourth option on a starting team that can make a final four run. I think if you have the right guys around him, I mean, you could, I mean, you go to Kansas state next year for all we know, or, you know, somewhere on that level, maybe a Baylor again. I don't think it's have to too, play a lot better defense if he goes to one of those. Well, those yeah, you're probably right. Those may be the worst two. I don't, I don't like know if they fit in with either one of them. Let me rephrase that. Uh, Arkansas, I like, I like Arkansas, Jaylen. now Alabama, maybe you know, where they, they a little less concern, focus on the defense. Um, yeah, I, I could see him going to a mid a mid level program and be a contributor, and I, I'd hope he does. Or he could just go to a, a CUSA type of school and. And maybe he wants to be the guy and he wants to try to put up 20 points a game. Then, you know, if you want to go to Charlotte, maybe and do that. Dad's the old home stopping grounds. And I think it may be setting the bar a bit too high for him. I hope he does. I hope he can if be. If he that went type to like player. a Charlotte, he could definitely try to be a top scoring guy there. I don't know if he can score 20 points a game. Well, I didn't uh, say he could. I said he'd try. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he tried <laughs> to do it here. But one of the, the, the strangest things about him is, you know, he's got this. I mean, he's a 6'9 dude who's, you know, crazy build. Very athletic, all the skills necessary. I think people were frustrated. Remember two years ago, it was like, go to the basket, go to the basket. And he finally started doing it a little bit at the end of the season. And then this year, he shot 42% from three, which is a very good number uh, playing in a conference like the ACC. He did it a, a year after he shot 23.4% from three. That's yeah. one of the most dramatic rises that you're ever going to see from a high-usage player in college basketball, going up damn near 20% on his outside shot. And yet, it's still. A lot of dudes, he started. He shot a lot more corner shots this year. I think he did a lot more in rhythm. But still, like to to shoot that high of a percentage, I think people never reacted to the fact that he was a really good three point shooter. You still had a lot of the whole no, 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 yes when he was taking outside shots. uh, When it should have been like this is our best offensive option outside of L. Ellis getting the basket. But the turnovers piled up this year. You can't be a power forward who turns it over more than two times a game. Um, the, The, I think not. A guy with that size should be getting about ten rebounds a game. He get like five. He doesn't rebound very well. No. Which you, you've got to, if you're that if you're that big and you're that athletic, you've got to be killing it on the boards. And he just he never seemed to be fully invested in making that happen. So I, I wish the best for Jalen. I do from everything I've heard, he's a really good kid, um, a quiet kid. It just never worked out here for whatever reason. Hopefully, it works out wherever he goes next. Because he's got two years left to play if he wants. Yeah, skill set. I would love to have kind of back at Louisville, but I just feel like it's better. It's it's just. You go your way, I go my way. For we'll, sure. it's, it's it's a better split. Sometimes it's sometimes love just isn't enough. I still don't understand the whole like a, a portion of the fan base that when this news comes out and they'll like tag withers on it who are like get the hell out of here. I'm like, why? We can all say like, like we can all agree that it's best if Jalen moves on, but like I don't understand what you get out of that. And it's, it's the same people who are like you can't say anything mean about pain and the staff. Like it's all the kids like. What are we doing? Like, like why? Like, I can't think of the last time Louisville had a player that I was just like, thank 
goodness. Could no, I hope they all have success somewhere else. Like, just I mean, I've had some that, that have disappointed me with some of their play, but I've never been like. Well, I mean, all everybody disappointed well, with their play last yeah, year. It doesn't mean I want. It doesn't mean I'm like get the hell well, out of here. You suck. Two years, but I mean, well, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah. I've never been like I just want this guy completely. I guess younger days, Trevor was a little bit more out there with that, kind of like let's get this guy off the team. He sucks, but. Yeah, but current older older Trevor, like once he got to twenty one, going on thirty nine, you know he, he's he's yeah, it's all good. Dude. They're just kids. They're just kids. I can't think of a player I've, I've despised so much on my own roster that I was like, not on the collegiate on the pro level, yes, but yeah, pros not, are different. Yeah, pro because we're paying the guy millions of dollars. Let's get Miles Turner traded for God's sake. You but hate I'm, Miles Turner <laughs> so much, <laughs> and you didn't know me during the. The James Thrash torn Stonehand Stonehand Smalls receiving core of the Eagles in the, in the late nineties. Oh, oh. I mean, <laughs> you talk about making a guy drink Jaeger on a regular basis. So I mean, I, but yeah, it, I can't think. Of, honestly, I'm trying to think. Like, there's a player that's the closest. Maybe was sophomore Ed O'Bannon, or Larry O'Bannon, excuse me, because I just he aggravated me, and I just I was again like what twenty one years old. So. I know who mine was. I mean, but even then, I by the time his junior year and senior year. I worshiped the kid because he, he developed. I, love, I always loved Larry. Mine was sophomore year, Ellis Miles. I mean, the kid had. Oh, I always loved Ellis. I, it was he had the worst attitude. He was in terrible shape. Well, yeah. He didn't try hard at all. He would like yell at Denny Crum. Like, I, 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 he would have been one. Like, and again, I, I'm a sophomore in high school. When this yeah, is you got to be young when this is, this is probably exactly. Your you know, you, I, I'm like, get him the hell out of here. But then he ends up becoming like one of my favorite Cardinals yeah. from that era. I mean, he buys into the Patino system and he ends up being a huge part in why we went to the Final Four in, in 05. But it just goes to show. I guess he, we could all pick Carlos Hurt, maybe. Uh, I like Carlos Hurt. <laughs> always try to sell me weed at Seneca Park the next few months after he got kicked <laughs> off the team. He was always there playing and then trying to sell weed. I knew that was about some UK players. <laughs> we, uh, I won't name his name, but we did a UK autograph session at uh, at Cardboard Heroes one year, and one of the UK players asked if if I knew if he could if I knew a way he'd like he needed to meet somebody out front, but he didn't want to go through the front door. I'm like, yeah, I can take you through the back. So we go through the back tunnel and go back to where the, uh-huh. the dumpsters are. And ran up to his car, got in the car for a minute, hung out for a minute. I'm smoking a cigarette, gets out of the car. The the uh, the, the spigoli cloud of smoke just lifts out. <laughs> He comes walking up, just smelling like me, probably on an average Tuesday walking in here. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, did, did you get what you did? He's like, yeah. Like, barely eyes open. I'm like, okay, can can I try? I mean. I may have partaken with, with a UK player back in my college days. I mean, I've, I've yeah, I can. Shout I, out to Raquelin Sims. I love you. He's a great guy. I won't throw Barber under the bus anywhere. But I, yeah. <laughs> Hawkins there with like nine kids are running around. It was, it was, <laughs> oh Lord, uh, we haven't used the text line at all. Uh, the there's been a lot to talk about, and also we had Al Snow popping in at four o'clock. So after the break, we'll get to the text line. <laughs> Better when Bender popped in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take your thoughts on everything that has been going on. We also will talk more about this women's game coming up at seven o'clock against Texas, the five seed against the four seed in Austin, a spot in the Sweet Sixteen against a non-top seed. Uh, is on the line. We'll get into all that. Five o'clock hours on the way next. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. 
Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, or heat actually went out temporarily on Saturday. Ugh. Or I guess it was yesterday. I fixed it myself. No big deal. Didn't have to call AirServe, but if I needed to, if I hadn't been able to do it, I would have called AirServe at 502-785-8600. Call them today. You can get a tune-up for just $49. You can also get, a lim- for a limited time, up to 60 months, no interest financing on a qualifying rude system. AirServe.com slash Louisville is the website. 502-785-8600 is the phone number. Call our friends over at AirServe. I mean, last time I fixed anything by myself. I mean, our heater and air conditioning goes out like seven times a year. So I've become an expert <laughs> at like the quick fixes. But if it goes, uh, if I can't YouTube it, if YouTube doesn't have so the please, answer for yeah. me, then I'm that's what I'm calling the AirServe's of the world. I'm done. <laughs> that's all I got for you. YouTube has helped me in so many ways. And I mean, I... Same. I love when people ask me, like, how, need my help with something. I was like, just... Okay, and I'll just YouTube it and act like I've learned, like I'm helping them. Oh yeah, like, yeah, just do this. Yeah, yeah. I've, Sorry, I've doing, you didn't know how to Google. I've been doing this for years. How could you not know that? That's moron. That's yeah. That's I'm, I'm very much operate the same way. Uh, we've talked a, a lot today. We had Al Snow dropping in at four o'clock, which was wonderful. Reminder: OV OV Wrestling, OVW Wrestling. Oh, over the website, ovwrestling.com. If you want tickets to their Tuesday Night Riot a week from tomorrow event, uh, if not, you can't make it out there. It'll be on. WBNA Channel 21 at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're very excited about that. We've now, talked, he's talked about, him, you know, Shannon's in that kind of a heel squat, heel, heel, heel group yeah. over there. I mean, do we need some some babyface representation in in, uh, in in there to to counteract that? Well, that'd be you, wouldn't it? Well, I think it'd be you. I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's you. They've talked about getting you in, in, involved, and you uh, said you didn't want to be a part of it. I mean, well. You said you're too good for Al Snow. Those are your exact words. <laughs> I'm too good for Al Snow is how you respond. People, people question journalism. Uh, <laughs> stealing un- inappropriate quotes like that. That's what you said. Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think no. I think I, I'm managing you. I'll be your manager. I'm not wrestling. Yeah, get you out there. I'm a manager. You're the wrestler. No, no. You you could have like a slick kind of rough look going on. Well, it's just me or you. There's nobody else here that would do it for us. So, we can be Mika Dugan. We could be a tag team. We're pretty big guys. I mean, intern Patrick. Intern Pat, yeah, I mean, perfect. He's young. He can take a beating. Patrick texted me at like midnight last night about the Sweet Sixteen teams. Like, Patrick, you've got school tomorrow. What are you doing? <laughs> he worked, like, He had to work. He worked the board for the high school game on Saturday. Did he? I'm yeah. like trying to get my work done, and he's like, he's like, I think he's like, it's four teams, the most, the fewest defending or teams that have won national championships in the Sweet Sixteen history. I'm like, I don't know, Patrick. I, <laughs> I, I love you. You got school. I like the one time he called me. One time, at like two in the morning. I'm like, why am I getting a call from? I was like, is Dugan's kid calling to tell me he's, like, drunk somewhere and he doesn't want to call dad? He's calling me to come pick him up, which I probably would, but help him out, but yeah. nonetheless. And now it just turns out he was he was with his girlfriend. They were in San Diego, though. Oh. And so he was just like, you're the only person I thought they would be up. <laughs> like, it's 2 in the morning. I mean, I'm up, but I mean, it's not the point. 
And he video called me too. He's like, I like his girl walking in the background. She's like, hi. I love Patrick. He's like, where's Marty? He's like, he's asleep. <laughs> I see a lot of myself in young Patrick. A lot of young Mike and young Patrick. At least way bigger than I was. He's way bigger than I am now. That's funny because I see a lot of Trey and me. <laughs> I can see that. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We have not taken text. We've talked about Jalen Withers leaving the team. We've talked about the two roster additions that we missed out on uh, last week uh, when we weren't doing the show on Friday. Sky Clark announcing on Thursday and Trenton Flowers announcing on Friday. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the women's game, but wanted to get to some text just because we haven't had a chance to do that just yet. Uh, Texture says, Mike, I need to use your, quote, journalism skills to find out who broke the Purdue whiteboard. Did you see that? No. The, I thought... When it, I thought it was Michigan State that, that broke the... No, Purdue in their locker room, the big whiteboard had like a gigantic hole through it. Oh, no, I thought, okay, I thought you were talking about the, like, yeah. Okay. No, Izzo did break a clipboard. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw that clip. No, yeah. the, the big, like, the whiteboard, you see, like, players, like, the coaches diagram Running plays there, on and, slam and, the, at halftime. Yeah. yeah. They, somebody had put a gigantic hole through it. Wow. And I can imagine who. I did, like, a lot of people using, there's that, that kind of meme picture of the Boilermaker mascot at a construction site where he's, like, creepily staring through that hole, that like, in the drywall. And a lot of people were like, the answer's obvious. It's it's the Boilermaker. But my, I mean, my guess is Zach Eady. He's I the would, obvious answer, right? Yeah, and I felt bad because I had like my friends saying, "Like Zach Eady's so bad. He's just big. He's slow. He sucks." I'm like, the guy's got 25 points. He's the only guy re- doing anything what, for them. Yeah, what do you want him to do? I mean, Fairly Dickinson I mean, basically was like <laughs> they were, they had three guys on him they, even when he didn't have the ball. They dropped everybody <laughs> on him, and they're like anybody else, literally anybody I mean, beat us, and nobody else for Purdue could. I don't know. I, I don't know Purdue's guard's name. I, the light skinned dude. I mean, he was. There was one time when he had the ball, and like his defender was like six feet away from him. They refused. They're to just take like, shots, we yeah. dare you, just shoot it, dare you, shit. I'm like, I mean, what do you want? It's like he had 25, like 16 rebounds and seven blocks. He. What more could the guy, poor guy do? I mean, I, I'm with you because I've seen him that, seen that argument a lot. I heard that argument a lot, and a lot of people are like, he only took one shot in the last 9:35. I'm like, they collapsed the whole team on him, <laughs> was- and all those Purdue players were so scared to take any shot. Like they would, they when it got. When it got very obvious that this was like a a sixteen might actually do this, they could not have crapped their pants. Off. No, like they they so, wanted no part of trying to play hero after they missed some shots. I mean, I knew their guards weren't the best, and it was one of the reasons why we went into this tournament, and that was one of the the teams that we had circled as our upsets. Yeah, we're like they might not make actually, it out the first you know weekend. We didn't think they were going to no, lose to a sixteen. No. I mean, and for the record, of those teams that we had those circles around, Tennessee's the only one that's proved us wrong really so far. Yeah, and I still uh, think it's because they. Got a good draw. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, the Duke performance was impressive. I'll say that. Yeah, it was. But anyway, the, the but yeah, but Purdue. I was like, I mean, we all had like, oh, is it going to be Memphis or FAU? Right. I mean, maybe, maybe they sneak in the Sweet Sixteen, but there's no way this team is really making any noise. And yeah, I still didn't expect this. I mean, FDU to come in there and beat them. I get the, the old, second best team from the well, worst conference that in Mike America. Is completely kicked it. I know. It's, it, I'm holding it like again, like I'm singing on American Idol, just falling right off. I'm trying to keep a straight face talking to you and your old. How many times is this thing gonna break? Like? I mean, you're so you're sitting there holding. It just cracks me up. The one time I've used this mic, I don't know what they did. The uh, but yeah, I just and I kind of heard to say a little bit with Trace Jackson too last night. With some people were like. Oh, I use. I mean, I thought he traced Jackson Davis. You love him. He's so good. He was great. I mean, yeah. And for, honestly, he went five possessions without touching the ball. That's on Mike Woodson for the record. I mean, who just kind of, I feel bad for Jackson Davis. I mean, such I mean, a great talent. It's kind of wasted his four years. He was incredible. I mean, he was the first player in tournament history, whatever the, the stat line that he had the first game, where it was like 25, 10, 5, and 5. Yeah, he's some, such a beast. And he was great last night. He had five more blocks last night. He did all he could. They just, look, like Purdue. They've got Hood Shafino and 
kind of nobody else. Vucevino sometimes is a, think, is a lot better. He thinks he's a lot better than maybe he really I'm with is. you, but he's still their best guard option. He's he is. just a freshman. But I, I saw a lot of Indiana fans after the game, and I kind of agree with them. They're like, we need Big Ten teams that have the roster assembly like Miami's, where you've got three guards that can all play a little bit. Because guards, look, it's not exactly rocket scientists. Guards drive the conversation in March, and the Big Ten yeah. has always been a big man-driven league. And I know that the game has kind of changed a little bit in recent years, but the best teams, the teams that are going to play the deepest in the tournament, are still always going to be led by their backcourts. And Indiana, Purdue, some of these other Big Ten teams, they just don't have the guards to win in March, and it's why you've seen four Big Ten teams, just four in the last three years, make it to the second weekend. I'm I'm a big fan of the of the center position, maybe because I'm you know I, even at six three I played more the uh, beneath the rim. You're big guy, big guy, big guy heart. growing up. Yeah, so I've always been a lean towards the, towards the big guys, and but I mean you know when you talk, it's like you know the NBA, you have your regular season, you have your playoffs. They're two different two different styles of basketball. Uh, and in college, it's no different. Like you said, I mean you have the regular season and you have the postseason. And you need a, you need you can have a dominant big man and be successful, but unless you have guard help, I mean, there, I mean you're just not going to do it in March. I mean, even even Bill Russell had Casey Jones. I mean, you know, you have to have you know, you know Patrick Ewing had Sleepy Floyd. You know, I mean, Elijah One didn't get a win, but he had a lot. He had Clyde Drexler. I mean, you got to have the guard. Otherwise, you're Tim Duncan not making it past the Sweet Sixteen. No offense to Randolph Childers. For sure. Uh, but I mean, you gotta have I mean, some there's been great big men in this league in this in, in college basketball, but you got when it comes down to March, if you don't have at least you gotta have at least respectable guard play. Right, case, so case in point, look at North Carolina. They make the run to the, the national title game last year. They're not even a tournament team this year. Armando Baycott was great for all of that. Like he was yeah. he was an all conference performer. The difference between what they did last March and what they didn't do this year was Caleb Love and RJ Davis sucked. You've got to have guard play, and I've said in the past that with with the with the with the nil and the NBA's changing in style, that you're going to see more classical big men in the college basketball. And I think you, I think we have, and we will. Yeah, I'm with. You. I love it, but you still got to have guards in March. I mean, it, do they have to be NBA level guards? No, but they've got you've got to have capable guards in March. Otherwise, Zach Eady is a dominant player in this in college basketball, dominant. And that just tells you how bad his guards are. Look at the last two national players of the year. Shibwe is a beast. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. is a beast. They both went one and done in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, Shibwe even look at with the Kansas State game. He was I great mean, this weekend. I mean, he, he had was twenty five yeah. rebounds yeah, in the yeah. first game. There was nothing you can't you can't put anything against. I mean, but then you have he averaged twenty three points and twenty one rebounds in his three NCAA tournament games at UK, and they won one of them. And and then last night they have their their backcourt goes over seventeen from three and they commit the most turnovers all season. I think they all and that's did. it. Boom, yeah, season's I mean, over. Texas Trevor, did you make a new intro? It's got me dying from laughing. My wife apparently hadn't heard it either. She texted during the beginning of the show. <laughs> She's that, like, when I was like two weeks ago is when we got when the season ended. We shifted into the. It was the very first day after we lost to who did we lose to the conference tournament? Now I don't remember. Um, Boston College. Boston College. Yeah. Was that we lost to the conference tournament? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they didn't. Even, they didn't have their best player, yeah. And they beat us by 18. Yes. <laughs> Distant memory. I already, I already just blacked it out of my mind. It is. Uh, but, yeah, that there was, was, it was, a moment that, last was that very night, next day. Yeah, that There, there was a moment last night where I was thinking, <laughs> you know, all this stuff has happened in college basketball. Like, all the moving and shaking in coaching circles, all of our roster moves, uh, you know, 
now Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. I'm like, it feels like our season ended five months ago. It's uh, like, like that's well, it kind of did. I know, but <laughs> I mean, like officially, it's crazy how quickly everything moves this month. How how just dramatically everything changes. Um, Texas tell Trevor to suck it. Gardner Johnson the Lions. We haven't talked about that yet. I'm excited. Uh, what was the contract? I didn't see the actual. I don't know. I, just I mean, I know it's coming. I when I, I read read somewhere one of the uh, the guy writes for the Athletic that covers the Eagles. Uh, Zach's not my previous name. Does a great job. But he, uh, so good, I can't remember his last name. But yeah, I think he said something where the Eagles offered like a three-year deal that had that offered more per year back laden than, than I guess the Lions gave him a front-heavy front deal. He wanted like close to $16 million a year, and he's had a hell of a year last year. It was a steal. We got him for like a fifth-round draft pick from the Saints. That was a steal. Lions are coming. That was a good move by the Lions. Come up. It was a perfect move. I, I, I don't, don't hate you on that. Tex says, uh, Mike, explain to me how Rashawn was able to get callers on the show, but you all can't. Well, they did it from Jeffersonville. He does, yeah. He 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 takes callers on Wake Up 502 in the morning. Yeah. The the problem here is the phones at our studio in off Taylorsville Road. I think we've gotten them better now, but we haven't really tried Well, it. sometimes it doesn't ring in here. It rings out, like, in the hallway. And people were, like, we were getting people who were trying to call the show who yeah. were calling, like, offices and then other people who couldn't get through. So if we did it from Jeffersonville, we could take calls every day. But we We could, here. yeah. Which is also crazy because he, he's, I mean, he's running the board for that show, too. He's answering the phone while running the board. It's impressive. Damn. Look at him. Jack Look, of all trades. I got there a little late and left left way early. On Friday. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't realize he was going to have his co-host in there with him Saturday. And when I got there and he was there, I was like. Nothing for you to do. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm stepping on. Let, let them have their time. This is They're doing the show, filling in for you. I, I don't need to be stepping on anybody's toes. <laughs> Look at you. How nice! Plus, how to, nice of you! Plus I just want to go and watch basketball. Just, yeah, like acting like this is you doing them a favor. That's hilarious. I went out to the car, made a bunch of bets on my phone, and bounced. Texas Trevor, I'm a little worried that it took you a week to work up enough energy to look under the very chair that you had already been sitting in. I told you that's exactly where it was. Hey, I told you that was exactly. I could return the very was. pants I was wearing. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's amazing it did take me that long. Because from day one, you and everyone else was like... It's in the box. Just lift up. Yeah, just lift up. When I, and I asked my mom's hippie friend when he put it together. I was like, did you look under there? And he's like, no, because when we pulled it out of the box, that piece was already like flat down. So he just like attached the back of it. I do. I don't know. Like I feel like the when it does recline all the way back, I do feel a little like maybe I'm testing the weight limit on the chair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> plus when I do the... It was nice when my foot bothered me, though, this weekend having the lift. That, that was a definite perk. That's good. Because, yeah. yeah. Texas says, um, <laughs> I'm feeling something about Patino going to St. John's. I think it's jealousy. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think there will be some jealousy, especially when you soon win right away. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, it's going to be. I'm happy for him. I don't like it for me. I don't want to have to meet him in a tournament, though. Oh, God. You know they're going to do that. You know, like, three or four years down the line. We're going to get just. He's going to destroy us. Honestly, I'll take that because it means we're in the tournament, which at this point is what I'm looking for. It's actually a really good point, yeah. (laughs) I'd prefer it not to be against Rick, but I just want to get there at this point. Beggars can't be choosers, right? Remember how sad we were that we had to play against Richard? This isn't fair. I'm like, I'd kill. Put us up against Denny Crum coaching a team right now. I didn't care playing against Richard. I just bothered me losing to Richard. Just get us in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Texas, I heard this song mocking Kentucky Choke Day in Marcus Maven's show. Nice job, TK. Which... Did he send the song in? I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't look like it. Did I? Did I play a song that mocked earlier today that was roll with it? Is it? Does that mock UK? I don't know. 
Bouncing around the room by Lombo? Is that by Fish? Is that Mako? I don't know. I didn't hear the, I don't know which, which song it was. Uh, Texas says, the Twitter talk is Tom Crean to Providence. Do you see it? I have not heard that. Um, I'd be okay with that hire from Providence, right? No. You hate Tom Crean so much. I don't think Tom Crean's nearly as good as you do. I don't think I, Tom Crean's also just Tom I don't think he's a, puts the stuff out. I mean, I don't think he's a great. Co- I mean, I wouldn't put him on like the upper echelon Hall of Fame of coaches, but I think he's a. I mean, he's going to get a decent amount out of you for, with his. I mean, his system does that. And he's going to be competitive. Is he? Yeah. I don't think it's a good fit. I don't think Providence is a place where he can win. the The only the only name that I've heard is the the George Mason coach, and I can't remember his first name. I'm sorry. I know his last name's English. Um, Alex, AJ, I don't think so. Ron, he uh, now you're gonna be looking up, aren't you? Um, At least I didn't ask you. I just threw out names to see if I can get it. Kim English is is he's the name that I've heard. He's, he coached somewhere else before, right? You're thinking of Kim Anderson, who was in Missouri. Is that what I'm thinking of? I think so. Uh, Kim I mean, English was a player, though, right? Kim English is very young. Played in Missouri. Are you thinking of Kim Anderson again? No. <laughs> yeah, he's only 34 years old. He's he's a young dude. But he's the name that I've heard as. Yeah, he played in Missouri, yeah. 2008, 2012. I remember him as a player. He was on the team that um, I think we were supposed to, the year before. He was good on the team. Remember, they were supposed to be good in 2013. And then we waxed that ass in Atlantis and almost played him in the tournament again. He is young. Yes, I'm again, like 34. Say, yeah, when you said his name, because I remember, I think when I watched him play, I thought, I wondered if he was related to Alex, and he's not. Texas, our worst season in history is over. Brahm is home. Baseball looks elite, and now Kentucky is out. I feel like the bottom is in. Only up from here, go cards, Louisville till I die. That's a good text. I like yeah. that. I mean, the, things are – the ladies still have a game tonight. We'd love to win that. Love I to got, play I in got the Sweet We got belief that the brackets opened up. Um, knocking off Texas on their home floor would be a great feel-good win. Yeah. Baseball comes back. They take the series with Georgia Tech this past weekend. Yeah. They're a top-10 team. They swept them, didn't they? Or did they? No, they won two out of three. So it's close enough. A nice cover behind win on Friday. Got beat on Saturday, and then – Won the rubber match on on Sunday. That's what we do. I'm feeling good about things right now. We're heading in the right direction, right? Can't get worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we had nowhere to go up but up, kind of, but yeah. Texas, it's amazing how differently people think games are played out compared to what their rivals think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that, like, when you like, – if, if you're a U.K. fan watching us, following us on Twitter, complain about officiating and stuff, you see things exactly differently. It's It's the way it works. Well, I mean, in some cases, like uh, I, I'm not, I'm like on saying names, but somebody you know does another show on this station. He's he's always been a fan of the of, of angry at officials rants. Uh, is he? Oh, TJ, I didn't say names. I saw I, his Twitter a little bit. He's going well. That's just, a little bit, and he's he's been very adamant against his anger towards officials over the last decade or plus or something. I don't know, like I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like I try not to, I, and someone's gonna throw the Super Bowl in my face, and that's fine. If I was gonna want. say you spent an entire episode talking that, about that Carl, but that was, and that, but that was the one call. But yeah, I mean, you can throw it back in my face if you want, but I, especially when it, I guess more in basketball, I try not to, like, just I, I don't know. I mean, officials are gonna miss calls, players are gonna miss jump shots. You know, it, it's just human nature. Just go with the flow. I mean, I, I try it's bad to, both ways. Yeah, That's I all never you have to say. Bad and, and I love it when people like, like they want to complain about a fishing. They will use that to like try to cover up their. That's the key. They'll be like, "It was a bad place." There were bad calls both ways. Now let me talk about just the calls that went against my team. Sometimes I don't even know. I mean, I feel like officials get a really raw deal, especially in college. I mean, I sometimes they'll get the, this is a horrible call. These officials are horrible. I'm like, they haven't been that bad. I mean, it's just 
have they missed a call maybe once or twice? Honestly, the only thing that aggravated me with officials all weekend, and it didn't even matter in the end, was when during the Purdue FTU game, when the when they went to the monitor for the out of bounds play, and it showed FB ball ended up was out of uh, FTU. But the only reason when I bounced is because the Purdue player literally grabbed his arm and yeah. pulled it. It's like you're going to reverse, you're going to the replay to reverse they this can't call. That, yeah. But you can't, I mean, and that's kind of like the old, old written rule like, you know, we're going to give you the ball back because instead of calling the foul on the player. It I was mean, a, like, there wasn't a, you've had tournaments in the past where you've had single calls that have been just atrocious. The only one call was there was a missed call on Thursday in the San Diego State Charleston game where they called a foul on Charleston on a three point attempt, but the dude cleanly blocked it. And Charleston, they were down three with less than a minute to go, and that that call basically ended any chance they had of coming back. Besides that, there wasn't like a game deciding call that was just terrible that I saw. No, I mean you'll get maybe a, there'll be a call where they'll call a charge, and I thought maybe it should have been blocked or vice versa. But I mean, it is what it is. Again, I mean, you you can't if you're expecting perfection, then you're 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 going to be disappointed on a day to day basis in your life. Texas says Providence has a nice ring to it for Cal. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Orlando Antigua. I think there's any chance whatsoever <laughs> that he doesn't doesn't stay at Kentucky after this year. Yeah, no. Then I no, mean, with the recruiting class, I mean, why would why exactly. would he leave? I don't. I saw some people who were like Texas may uh, end up making it. I'm like they're they're going to keep Robbie Dude, Texas. Texas, heard, Texas may I, go to a Final Four. Here I heard Texas already calling Musselman now. Texas is going to keep I mean, Robbie Terry. I'm telling you that right now. Texas cannot make up their mind anyway. It's done. I mean, they just constantly just want to like bring in the new shiny toy every two years. They, they do the same thing with football. Well, then the new shiny toy gets arrested and has to get fired. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, they want to develop the coke problem. <laughs> they want like Beheim said, they want to buy a roster. That's fine. Texas. Every time I pray that we reach the point in our program where we can play Fort White guys in an Egyptian during closing time. That's one of the great Patino quotes. Oh, of it's time. still so hilarious. That made me laugh. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> Texas says, I'm sure the 25 people Alabama brings and the 10 family members of Princeton's team will have a big impact on downtown. Now Alabama brings it's not a, that. <laughs> it, it's this was a this is a bad deal for downtown for oh, sure. Yeah. Like there, it's not going to be nearly as like if you'd gotten Virginia here, they brought a lot of fans in 2019. I think you would have had a lot coming back for nostalgic purposes because they love their time here so much. Um, oh, they no, they got the complete short of the straw. I mean, you look not, at San Diego State's got a good fan base, but they're. On the yeah. completely other side of the country, I mean, and then Creighton, kind of the same thing. You hate the East, but I mean, Michigan State and Tennessee are going to bring fans. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't have FAU you probably won't. K State will bring a little bit. K State will bring fans, but Michigan State travels, and so does Tennessee. You got the other side, Arkansas. We know travels. They, yeah, we'll bring a UConn lot. UConn will travel. Yep. Gonzaga will travel. Yep. UCLA will travel. Yep. I mean, they got to travel. UCLA doesn't go to their home games, so why not? We got the worst draw. I mean, yeah, as I far mean, as the city is concerned. I mean, I don't know. I guess yeah, because even te- at least Texas and Xavier will travel. I don't know how much Houston and yeah. Miami will, but yeah, but Creighton's not bringing a whole lot. Princeton's bringing, like that Texas said, tongue in cheek, but not far off the, the family members only. For sure. I mean, yeah, Alabama will bring a little bit, maybe just mostly bodyguards and lawyers, but Texas, unfortunately, no matter what Kenny Payne does from here on, his tenure will always be defined by his year one. Well, that's not that no. If he wins a national title next year, he's not gonna be def- like that will speak louder than his four and twenty eight season. I agree. I mean it's <laughs> You can always change a bad start. I mean, I, I think that it, where the bad start, the historically bad start comes into play is if there's some sort of middling effort. Like if it's a, if we go 17 and, and 14 next year and then 17 and 14 again in year three on top of a four and 28 season, then it starts to be like, okay, this guy clearly doesn't have it. Or if you just win 10 games next year, like I, I think it's on top of a four and 28 effort, it, it's a pretty clear indication that he just can't do it. 
But he can absolutely repair the image. He just got to win at a high level. Texas says the last non-dome football stadium Final Four was 96 when UK won in New Jersey. I hate it. It'd be much better in an actual basketball arena. That, that was Yeah, I think that's where you were. You were in the right area. Yeah, 97 was the first one that wasn't. That, that's what I was thinking of. Because a yeah. buddy of mine sat went to the very top row at the Superdome and sat there. The 96 the was the uh, New, yeah, New Jersey, the whatever arena they, they, the Nets used to play in. I mean, I'd say, yeah, like that same thing with WrestleMania. I don't think they've been – I think it's probably been the 90s since they were in a non-stadium that – it's like, hey, we talk like it's like these are places that hold 20,000 people, yeah. 22,000, but right. they just seem still tiny, yeah, in, in, in by comparison, obviously. Texas, what about Davion McKnight? Is he even in the portal? He hasn't announced yet. Um, I think that that's, I mean, he had. Did they, Western announce their coach? Or? Uh, not that, no, I don't no, think so. No, because yeah, they lost, what's the name of McNeese? Will Wade. Yeah, they still have not announced yet. Right. I mean, maybe McKnight's waiting to see who the coach is. I, that's understandable. He had family members who were telling Anybody who was willing to listen a couple weeks ago that he's going to go to Louisville. Um, but no, he's, to my knowledge, not in the portal yet. I think he's, I'm assuming he's waiting to see who Western's coach is. And then you we'll think go the from Sky there. Clark thing had anything to do with that as well? Maybe. 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 Texas says, Would you take McKnight or Clark? I'll say Clark. Going off potential. Yeah. I say it. I don't feel. I mean, from what I've watched between the two, I'm taking McKnight. But I it's mean, a good question. It's yeah. a it's a tough question. I mean, McKnight's not a natural point. Clark, I think, is. Um, <laughs> He's like that so begrudgingly. <laughs> well, I mean, we need to see more I than know, what we saw. I know. We've seen 13 games from him, and and it was a very mixed bag. Like, I don't know if you were asking or telling me that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a weak take. I get it, but it's it's tough. All right. Texas. Now we need video evidence of Trevor being able to ride a bike. You can ride I can ride a bike. Oh, God, I mean, how long has it been since I've ridden a bike, though? I mean, I mean, I used I used to ride my bike. Yeah, I loved riding the bike around the neighborhood. Oh, I take it back. WKU they announced they they hired the coach from Corpus Christi. Oh, the uh, just that was just in the playing game. They, yeah, they just they just won the. the I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. my bad. Um, I don't, it got lost in the shuffle. The A&M, you're talking about A and M Corpus Christi? Yes. Okay, I don't know who their coach was. Uh, Steve Lutz, Lutz, Lutz. Lutz. Not Bobby, Steve. I was gonna say, is he related? Yeah, he's yeah. I don't. I don't, honestly don't know. I know he's relatively young. If he is. I like him already. But it's a. It's it's different um, <laughs> than what they've been used to in Bowling Green for sure. He sounds so happy. like it's, it's it's something different. I, I'm not gonna tell you. I, I don't. I don't know much about him to be perfect. I, I haven't heard. He's not one of those guys that you hear a lot of buzz about. But he's definitely. He seems to be cut from a different cloth than the recent head coaches that they brought to town. Well, that's not a bad thing, though. No, not at all. Texas said, I love how you all are a UofL Sports Talk radio show, and Al Snow is the most regular guest that you have on. It's true. It's 100% true. <laughs> oh, they had a Master P. Master P and Al Snow. <laughs> yeah. That's our wheelhouse. <laughs> Texas said, I feel like you keep saying out of snow, infant sorrow forever. <laughs> Such a great movie. Inside of you. You never watched Get Him to the Greek, though, did you? I never did. The kind, it's, not like an, it's not officially a sequel, but it's kind of a spinoff type thing. It's, I, I was hesitant on it, It's but it's good. Mostly because I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Pete, uh, Puff Daddy was hilarious. In it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, something I did not expect to say out loud ever. But yeah, he was very funny in that movie. Texas, what's the most intriguing Sweet 16 matchup in your opinion? I think Arkansas versus UConn and UCLA versus Gonzaga will both be great games. Yeah, the, the two West games are the best games to me. I, I think, I mean, give me UCLA Gonzaga just because I think it's a fun matchup. Fun matchup. UCLA yeah. looked really good in their first two games. I think the big question is, 
is Bona healthy? If he's not, then Drew Timmy can score like 35 in this game. Um, I think that's like UCLA's got the better guards. Hawkes is a guy that I don't think Gonzaga has a matchup for, but I I think I don't know if UCLA has a matchup for Timmy if Bona's not not 100. He did yeah. not look 100 on uh, Saturday. When you talk about the, we talked about Louisville getting the short straw. I think yeah, the West, which is in Vegas. Uh, I think got the best that that matchup and the only other game I think that would probably say I'm most intrigued to watch other than that would be Arkansas and UConn. Does Musselman I mean, make it to the game though with this being in Vegas? Is the question? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the issue. He'll be he'll be there wide awake, ready to roll. We'll see. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm also intrigued the Kansas State Michigan State game. I think can be a good game. I think the Houston Houston Miami one with the contrast Same. styles. That's that's that'd be my is, is another, another one. one where it's like you know you've got it is is the team is. You know the, the the offense first team going to be able to out you know put enough points on against the defense. It, those are always fun. Usually the defense does normal went out often than that, but I mean well, that's why they play the game. I mean the question too is how healthy is Houston? Sasser yeah. played really well in the second half. He's clearly dinged up though. Sheed is is hurt too. If Houston's one hundred percent, I think that they beat Miami. If they're not, I think Miami wins. I think it's that simple. I mean honestly, yeah, but really outside of what we got here in Louisville, everything else is really. I mean, I guess Creighton, Princeton can be. I mean, it, it is a, another version of contrast and styles where Princeton wants to run the slow down and Creighton's going to want to go up and down and shoot. And... I think whatever the Elite Eight game is here will be intriguing. And could, if it's Alabama Creighton, it'll be that'll be a fun pace with a lot of offense. Yeah. But the two, like we've got the lamest storylines that for the Sweet Sixteen games. Oh yeah. Besides, I mean, we have the 15 seed, which is a storyline, but it's I guess. But that's already yeah. that was done last year too. The last why three you, years. Why would you notice that this year we almost had every lower seed win? The four team was the only one that didn't win a first round game. Three seeds have the best record in this tournament over the last six years. Is that crazy? The <laughs> one three seed has lost a first round game the last six years. I mean, never have we had the of course, you know, one sixteen only winning once, but we've never had every double digit seed win a first round game. This year we had all, every one except for the thirteen. Yeah. We had 10, 11, 12, 15, and sixteen. Uh fourteen, fifteen uh thir- no, was it we didn't have a fourteen seed. Fourteen was was, yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah. I knew we missed one. Yeah, it's it's it was almost a like historically. Kennesaw State almost did it for us. They but. did. They should have probably won that game. We also had never. There's never been a tournament where fewer than two one seeds have advanced the Sweet 16. And that damn near happened as well. Um, for a while there, it looked like we may not get any one seed advancing. Hey, I actually called both those teams losing before the Sweet 16. I had Arkansas beating Kansas. You did. That's right. You got Arkansas in the Final Four. And I had Purdue uh, losing to FA. I think I had them losing to Memphis. I had them losing to Memphis too. Yeah, but that was kind of like one of those games where it's like which. It was kind of the same with the Michigan State game. Like, I couldn't decide who I liked between Michigan State and USC, but whoever I whoever picked, you took, I was yeah. picking beat Marquette. Yeah, I know. I was the same. And way. I was just, obviously, I chose poorly with the situation. Uh, Texas, I picked USC. Texas, how does Withers have two years left, but JJ only has one? Well, I think Withers only has. Well, he was. He's what? played three years, though, but he gets one COVID year, right? He gets one COVID year, but he also redshirted his first season. So I think that he's. You know, how does the trainer not have a COVID year? Was trainer not here for the COVID season? He was, I thought. This is be if this is going to be a senior year, then yeah. No, he... no, no, no. His, his first year was 2020-21. That's the difference. Withers was a member of the program. He redshirted the 2019-20 season, which was the COVID year. Yeah. He gets that he gets an extra year because he was here for that. Trainer wasn't here for that. Any player who entered your program after 2019-20 doesn't get the extra year. Oh, I think it's good. <laughs> just go against the rule. Earned it, yeah. So that's that's the difference there between trainer. I mean, is anybody really paying attention at this point? I I guarantee there's some program at a lower level that's like, yeah, he's good. He's been he's been here for like eight a, years. He's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. In New Jersey Institute of like technology. Are gotta, you really checking in on us? <laughs> you got Ben Wilder out there in his ninth year. 
I saw <laughs> before we came on the air, St. Francis of Brooklyn announced they're cutting all of their I'm sports programs. Sad. It's one of the one of my favorite facts. One of the four original D1 programs that's never made the NCAA tournament. And it never will. And they never will. So now it's down to three. It's just the Citadel, Army, and William & Mary. But I always like checking out to see like how St. Francis of Brooklyn did in their conference tournament. Always kind of rooted for them and the other teams that have never been there. And now it's it's done. It's just the sports are done. I, I'm shocked that you don't just try going to like D3, but clearly the financial situation there was dire. That, They're in New York, sucks. right? Isn't it like Western New York, I think. Brooklyn. St. Francis of Brooklyn. Oh, it's up Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was in New York. I thought, for some reason, I was thinking they were a different part of New York. Yeah. Texas, now that Oster's career is over, I have to ask, why does he run with his arms on his side? I don't know if that's, if that's a question who, for us. Who we can't see. Who? Ashibwe. Does he? Does, I've never noticed that, but. Does he run like Raquel Welch walks? In Seinfeld, he doesn't yeah, move yeah. his arms. Yeah. <laughs> Texture says, follow. I didn't know that Rick was a Pinterest quote guy. And it's the, the Rick tweet. Patino said, follow up. I'm not sad it ended. I'm so grateful it happened. Now, did St. Francis. That be, is terrible. Because Patino's coming back to New York City and they didn't get him. Is that why they're folding their friend, their program? Yeah. Like, Patino's coming back, but we didn't get him, so we're done. Yeah. We can't live in a world where, where, where we have to compete now with Rick Patino inside the city limits. <laughs> Texture says, Trey getting no love other than Trevor seeing himself in Trey is a disgrace to the young man. <laughs> Trey gets love. Trey gets love. We just Patrick was interned here. Patrick's always here. So yeah, Trey, and Trey's been by here. Trey came by a couple weeks ago during the storm. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's got the goatee going. He's got like the Jack Sparrow look kind of thing going on. He's done with high school now. He's just living yeah. life, working he's, at Wildwood. He maybe playing a little. Might be playing a little college football here yeah. in, in the Division two level, he's two wrong. level maybe. You know. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Patrick because Patrick's always he's always here and he's always texting he's us. Texting us, yeah. Trey, Trey's too cool to text. Trey is too cool to text. That's why, but that's why, that's why Trey gave me my first cool kid party. Which you need to stop telling us. Why is it? Why is it that bad? Because you're a forty year old hanging out with teenagers, <laughs> and you're bragging about it. Yeah, bragging. Yeah, the, you, uh, you ever went to a cool kid party? You brag about it too. You never got to go to one though. Not as a thirty five year old. I went to plenty when I was seventeen and eighteen. They were they weren't that cool. <laughs> they were they weren't as cool as you think they were. Texture says Gardner Johnson's deal is one year eight million. No way. That's all? Yeah. I guess the Eagles offered a multi year deal and he didn't want it. He just wanted a one year deal then. I, I, he was mostly asking for like the double digits. So he, he banking on himself. That's fine. Good for him. I think that that works out good for you all. Texture says, please don't ever take calls in the show. The text line is perfect and it helps weed out the dumb stuff. I kind of agree. Like yeah, we got enough dumb stuff with me. When we first started doing the show, like I was, you know, I thought it'd be like we did on Ramsey and Rutherford, where we, we take a decent amount of calls, and you know that always helps move shows along when you don't have stuff to talk about. And then when they the, the phone lines weren't working the first couple of weeks, I was like, this kind of works better because I, I know that everybody listens to sports radio differently, but when I do listen, the calls are kind of when I just like tune out. Like I, I don't. Yeah, it's so weird. I, as a listener, I'm not a fan of taking calls on sports radio. I'm kind of with you. I'm, and, and this is something uh, Bob Bono once said to me like 15 years ago in radio. It was like, you know, people are tuning in are tuning in to listen to your opinion, right. not to Joe the Plumber's opinion. Right. And not that I don't love getting the opinion from our listeners via the text line, but, you know, I, I, I get where that's from. Texas, the only call this weekend that drove me crazy was the Memphis no timeout call. I hate Memphis State, but they got screwed. The only thing I didn't mind about that was they got away with a foul, like the very possession before. They also completely screwed themselves. Like they that was a meltdown yeah. from Memphis. And they like they needed a meltdown to lose that game. I mean, you've got 
you've got players pushing each other when they're up by four with like five minutes left. You've got arguing on the sidelines. And then I love, so they have that. <laughs> I'm going to rewind that like three times. I was like, what is he so mad about? I, I thought he was yelling at the we ref. We never found out. Well, no, he, he, it was the Supposedly, play. Supposedly, yeah, it was a teammate. It was the play after he just, Kendrick Davis, had just gone up for a jump shot, and he came down on the foot of an FAU player and, like, yes. twisted his ankle. And so, like, I think everybody thought he was mad at the player. You know, you know that they try to, they have that personal space rule to try to avoid stuff like that. He put his foot out more than the guy did, so, yeah. But, yeah, he, so, I think everybody assumed he was mad at them. He's getting into it with, uh, I can't remember, Darridge, I think is his last name. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Dan, Dandridge. Dandridge. Yeah. Dandridge. Dandridge. Yeah. And Dandridge. I always thought he was related to Bob, maybe. Dandridge just shoves him, and then they're going at it. And then I love the announcers are like, <laughs> they're giving us the inside story of what happened during the break. They're like, Penny Hardaway just sat there, said nothing for about a minute while yeah. the players continue to argue with each other. And I'm like, what, what are we doing? I mean, you've got they put Davis back in the game. He looks pouty and moody the rest of the game. He's still yelling at his teammates. They're yelling at each other. And then Penny chucks the water bottle at the end of the game with awful form. I love that people were like, it looks like Mike throwing the the left-handed dollar throw That's at God. That's exactly what we described. That's how I yeah. thought about it. Yeah. yeah. But it was just a it was a total meltdown from them. The call was bad. Yeah, but again, like I said, but possess- it wasn't as cut and dry as I think a lot of people made it out. To like, me, I, feel, like I feel like a play before they got away with with what they what they called a clean block, and he, he was bodied, and they they got the ball. So I mean, it kind of comes comes and goes, but yeah, the, I'm a little surprised the 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 penny throwing of the water ball didn't get more traction on on Twitter. Like it it got made fun of a little bit, but. Like, did it hit somebody? I mean, no, he didn't. Did, he, did you see that form? He, I that, mean, that wasn't getting to the crowd. Oh, I mean, this was nothing like when I threw my my Mountain Dew bottle at the video store back in '99 after the, you know, Larry Johnson got away with the travel, but they called him, but they gave him a four point play because the refs didn't want us in the finals. And I threw my Mountain Dew bottle across the store. I mean, I did that was more perfect form, and I think I nailed the uh, the box to out of sight. So I mean, that was good. But yeah, Penny's looked yeah, that that looked like that. He's the dad from Field of Dreams. But I was. I was like, I, I kind of expected to hear like a something in the press conference about it. I mean, it was like it just disappeared. Like we, they made fun of the form and then moved on. Like, like I don't know. I just kind of hope there would be a camera angle of some poor cheerleader getting pegged in the head with a water bottle. They're a disaster. <laughs> I mean, that would have been good, right? Uh, Texture says the text line is 100% better than phones. Calls can drag on for far too long and they get awkward. That's always the hard part for me with calls was – You'd have it's kind of like talking to you sometimes. They, they you know, they they'd make their point. Except I'm entertaining and intelligent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, callers will make their point, and like you don't want to be rude, but like you, know, you, you got to move on. Like you've said your piece, you're just you're going for like five minutes, and then I I can almost feel people switching the channel and turning it off. Like that's, and I never know like how. Yeah, you know, how quickly to be like okay, and because you know sometimes they got second points, and you don't want to like hang up on them and then not give them a chance to respond to what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you I, I like to listen on. to like some of the NFL network shows on Sirius and like the movement to change, which is an entertaining show. If it wasn't for an hour, they didn't, they, they, they'll have callers come on and talk for like 30 minutes. It feels like, and just let them go and go and go. And it's like, I don't want to hear their, again, I want to hear what you right. had to I'm say about it. Yeah. They did go to it one the other night and the guy was literally snoring. <laughs> like they were like, Jason and so-and-so like, <laughs> like, he's only been on hold for an hour. Like, poor guy. Apparently, the song that I guess Maven was playing was the "Carry On Our Wayward Son" by Kansas. Yeah, that's kind of is the theme I, today. Well, no, I was, it was no theme, but I went with Kansas, Kansas State, kind of. That was what I was kind of going with. Gotcha. I like that. Texas, he won't take the job, but I think Mac would do well at Providence. 
I can see that too. Yeah, I think I would be okay with that. But he's not going to coach next year, so that no. kind of defeats that. I did go back. We had a texter on last week bringing up, you know, did you hear Mac talking about how he wished he'd never gone to Louisville? And I said the only clip that I'd heard was the one where he was talking about how he wasn't ready to get back in coaching next season. I did. Somebody did send me the the clip where he he doesn't say it that definitively, but he gets he's asked ironically because now we're talking about Providence being open, but he's asked about Ed Cooley going to Georgetown. And he has this this spiel about, I think he's, you know, there's something to be said for being comfortable where you are, having, you know, knowing your surroundings, having the support of the people who are your bosses and all that stuff. And he, he makes some quote, and I'm paraphrasing, where he's like, I wish I'd learned that lesson a little bit sooner or something like that. Like, basically implying, yeah, I wish I'd just gone ahead and stayed at Xavier. I mean, the way Louisville tenure ended, I mean, can you blame the guy for no, I some mean, regrets? I yeah, mean. You can't blame us now for being like, yeah, the feeling's mutual. Like, like we, yeah, wish, I mean, we wish we'd hired somebody else at this point, knowing what we know now. No, no, I, don't know, I have no problem with it. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It didn't work out well for anybody at the end of the day. Yeah. We, I get why, like, the move made sense for Chris Mack. I think the move made sense for us. It just didn't work out. And maybe things are different if, COVID doesn't happen. Maybe things are different if we just make the NCAA tournament in 2021, but they weren't, and here we are. I wonder if Chris Mack sits back and goes, what if I've never married a woman that was from Louisville had I been taking that job? He's like, I would have won a national title at Xavier. I would be still Xavier and happy. <laughs> I think it probably hurt. It probably hurts him, too, seeing, like, you know, Sean Miller goes in there and is killing it at Xavier. Like, you can have that success at that program anytime, and I'm sure that that's, yeah, I mean, it's got to be. You just It's natural to look back and maybe think, what if I hadn't done this? Uh, Tector says, Mike and TK starting the show at, oh, this is, that was from last week. Uh, let's see. How old was that? T- I mean, why are you reading one from last week? Because uh, I'm sorting through all the people who were letting us know that the Wake, that Western Kentucky hired a coach. And I'm just seeing if they had text before that. So I don't just <laughs> skip over this. Texas says, Trevor used, I think, I don't think Trevor could ride a bike without training wheels. No, I, come on. Could you ride a bike right now? Yeah, I think I could. When's the last time you rode a bike? Well, no, actually, give give me can I get a couple of days with my foot with my foot right now. I don't think I could, but like if I if it wasn't bothering me the way it is, then yeah, I could I could get on a bike and make it down the road. Okay, I used to love riding a bike back in the me day. Me too. I had I had the the Huffy bike. I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't have like the the cool like little bars on the back or anything like that. Or, but uh, I, I had some fun. Texas says, change my view. Conference tournament winners should not play in the first four games. No, I, I agree with you. I'm not going to try to change your view. I think it should just be all the at-large teams. The last eight, eight, eight at-large teams to get into the field should play in the first four, which, by the way, the first four streak continued. Which would eliminate your 16s playing playing games. Which I think is is good. I agree. Although Fairleigh Dickinson, maybe they don't win against Purdue if they don't play in, against Dayton or in Dayton on Wednesday night. Who knows? I think that's crazy. I mean, I wrote this on for my piece today talking about, like, how quickly everything can change in these days. I mean, think about five day spans go like happen in your life all the time and nothing really changes, right? Like you may not even remember what happened on Tuesday when it's Thursday for fairly Dickinson Wednesday night, all the, anybody who knows anything about them knows is they didn't win their conference tournament. They, you know, they're there because of a technicality. They're there because Mary Max transitioning. Yeah. It's a stupid rule. They've got no business being here. They're playing a 20-loss Texas Southern team, the third team in the history of the NCAA tournament that has 20 or more losses. And they're a three-point underdog. They're an underdog against one of the worst teams to ever make the field. They're 68th out of 68 teams on the selection committee's official seed line. They win that game. 
They're going to play Purdue. All that we know about them after that is that their coach made a quote after the game that he thinks they can beat Purdue. They beat Purdue. They become March Immortals, the second 16 seed ever to win. We know about their celebration. We know where the school's located. We know their coach is Tobin Anderson. We know like all this stuff about Fairleigh Dickinson that we never thought we'd know before. And then last night we're watching them scrap and, and claw and fight and almost make their way to the Sweet 16. Like that's it all happens in a five day span. It's just nuts. And like I hate that not all the little guys get their chance to have that moment. I do think if, I'm fine with if you want to have the first four and just make it a battle royale between the last eight teams to get at large bids. But it, it sucks that, like, Texas Southern didn't get that opportunity. Or, you know, Corpus Christi, whoever they beat on, on Tuesday, I don't even remember it at this point, they didn't get that opportunity. Like, it just, it, it, seems, it seems wrong. Well, let me ask you this, because you know, I, I kind of texted you this the other night, too, when it happened. But cause you and me are both a bit adamant about we don't like the rule where you have to wait five years or whatever it is being Division One. I. I think yeah. it's, just, it's stupid. It's a stupid rule. Bellarmine, it, you know, it's. But as because of it, Bellarmine lost you know some of their best players to go to, to get a chance to play in college basketball tournament, which, and they didn't get to play the tournament. And, and yeah, and which they at least got. And Dylan Penn got to play Vermont, but mm-hmm. uh, but the thing is, that, yeah, but but it's crazy to think that if that rule wasn't in place, we wouldn't have had the FDU story. Yeah, nuts! Like it's like now it makes me kind of question like my whole like mindset on things. Like, and I don't know for all I know, Miramax is it, whatever you got it, Miramax. Uh, I keep wanting to call Miramax because the movie theater. I don't know if that's the same how to pronounce it. Miramax. It's Merrimack. 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 Uh, I don't know. Merrimack would have maybe done the same upset for all we know. I mean, they because they did they did win that tournament and they beat FTU. And they won the regular season yeah, title. Yeah, and they beat FTU in the championship game. So, I mean, I mean, maybe I don't know enough. You about never it. know. Yeah, but it's just it's kind of weird. Again, like I said, it just made me question my, you know, stubbornness of they need to get rid of that rule. It's so stupid. And here we are. That rule gives us. A storyline that we'll never forget. It does. I, I, I mean, Purdue probably is more adamant about yeah. the rule now, but I mean, the craziest thing to kind of take that point further about how you know there are a lot of teams out there that probably could pull some of our upsets that they just got into the field. The we've had three straight 15 seeds play their way to the Sweet 16. We've had four in history, Florida Gulf Coast being the other. All four of those teams, none of them have been the top seed in their conference tournament. Isn't that insane? Just, yeah, like Oral Roberts a couple of years ago. Um, St. Peter's last year, Fairleigh Dickinson this year, and then Gulf Coast back in, in 2014. Not one of those teams was the top seed in their conference tournament, and they ended up going to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. It's just, like, there are players everywhere. Uh, and I think that we're, you know, we're finding that it's out. about the draw and the, and the time. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. I'm with you. Text says, uh, RIP SFB won several national titles and got them into the Big East. Uh, on NCAA Basketball 10 last summer. Oh, St. Francis, Brooklyn. Texas Gardner Johnson just wanted to go play for the best coach in the NFL in Campbell. I remember Mike hating on the hire at first as a fellow Lions (laughs) fan. Shame on you, Mike. Oh, I did. I didn't know. I don't know why he did. I loved I liked the game. I liked him as a person. I just did not think that he was going to. I'm a little scared, though, them losing Deuce Staley is going to be a big hit. We'll see. I mean, yeah, man still has not made the playoffs yet. I love him right now, but he's won, like, six-win season again away from me being like, yeah, he sucks. (laughs) I mean, let's not forget y'all. I mean, y'all put Jim Codwell on a pedestal for going like nine and seven. Yeah, well, we're the we're the lines, Trevor. <laughs> Texas, the problem about callers is less about content and more about delivery. If I made a point over this point over the air, it would have taken me five minutes. That's perfect. Is it perfectly said mm-hmm. right there? Texas says, "Do you know the Vegas spread on the 
uh, cards game tonight. The starting guard for Texas is back, but they're four that put 21 points up on us the first time it's out. The last time I saw it was Texas by eight. Yeah, the last time. So, we'll see. Texas, uh, this is Scooter Ningus. Do we get any of the realest sports show tonight? Scoots is, is more invested in the show with Master P than anybody. Like, he messages me about it every week now. <laughs> he loves Master P. He loves Master P. I mean, he's got nothing else to do now that Hoosiers are eliminated. This was kind of the, the, the plan. So, I, I think the long-term plan is to make it a weekly show. But Master P was only going to be in town for this one day because he was in town for the last home game uh, for Hersey season. Uh, and so, we, he just was like, let's just do it. So, we did it. I think they're using that as kind of like a pilot show, a sizzle reel to show some people – and then I, I mean, I, I have no idea where it goes from. I there. think we need to just we need to stretch it into like a roundtable show with like you, me, Master P, and Al Snow. That'd be great. And we'd all just do like you know like the Sunday morning reporter show on ESPN. Sports reporters. Sports reporters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> there is a plan. I think they're going. They want to add more people to the show. Like Master P wants a comedian on there. He wants a female presence as well. So I think that that was the plan. I but, can do both. But like they had, they tried out some people and they couldn't get stuff done in time. And then I mean, again, like Master P. A week before we're going to do this was like, let's do the show Monday. Yeah. So if it got thrown together very quickly. I'm here. Let's do it. <laughs> Texas uh, text line is a million times better than calling. It weeds out the boomers. Because you got a boomer over here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> What's wrong with the boomers? Texas says, Never understood as an insult. That's not how I'm fine as an insult. Boomers are fine. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Every, call me a boomer. Okay. That's every fine. generation has their bad eggs. We're fine. Yeah, you're Te- one of them. <laughs> Texas says, has Kevin Harlan become a top three play-by-play commentator? The dude has been killing it this turn. I don't think he's becoming. I think he's he's been. He's always been, yeah. I would love to see him be the the next Nance after this year. I like Harlan, yeah. I think he's – the call – I retweeted the video. There's a video of him as he does the Virginia Furman last shot, and he's like – it's awesome. You just need to check it out where he gives his soul like, you know – did we just see what I think we just saw? I'll call it. It's pretty cool. Speaking of, you've seen the tr- the Twitter tr- the, the constant trend that's been all day is Amanda Bynes was just see walking around naked. No, that's not. Apparently good. she's she's got, ar- she's got issues. Oh, oh yeah, I so, thought she'd been better recently. Apparently she was arrested just walking around naked in the streets of L.A. Oh, that makes me sad. Hopefully she'll be okay. That's yeah, that's not good. Uh, Texture says, sadly, I think Twitter has levels of you're a cool kid based on the number of followers you have. And we all make choices on if the reply is from a cool enough kid to respond. He said the line of learning the hard way of ch- chasing happy. I guess he's talking about uh, Chris Mack. Am I a cool kid? Yeah. I think you're Do cool. Do have enough followers on Twitter to be considered cool? Tell a lot of people, yeah. I mean, I'm more borderline hip, but you're, I think you're cool. I'm hip. I think you're cool. Thank you. Texas Trevor's humble brags for the day. We're partying with high school kids at 40 and throwing a Mountain Dew bottle across a video store. I mean, I, I got better form than Penny. Yeah. Texas, we fired Caldwell. What are you talking about, Trevor? It's the NFL media who put him on a pedestal after he was fired. Was I mean, I, that would make more sense. I think Lions fans were happy with him at first. Yeah, but I think Lions fans, even the, he, he was put on a pedestal maybe by the media. Lions fans, I never understood. I thought he underachieved, if anything. I, I thought he... He was just working. I was never a big Cobble fan anyway. I mean, that, that's the guy that got fired from Purdue and kind of fell ass backwards into an NFL job. He was super average. Yeah. Now, he, he, he was always, he wasn't going to let you bottom out. Like we were, he wasn't going to let you be as bad as we no, were. No, because you, you had too much talent. But you, you were, were never going to be really good. Yeah, you had Stafford and, and, and Johnson on that team. You were going to be a, that, that's seven wins right there. Oh, I forgot we were supposed to get out of here early. Today. Yeah, let's do it right now. Uh, tonight, Louisville, Texas, seven o'clock. Who you got? Uh, I think Kelly Van Lith pulls out a Norwell, a Norwell, uh, 
performance, and uh, we, we pull out the win. We're going to take on Mississippi State. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Let's do it. Go Cars. I was about to say Mississippi State. We get revenge on Mississippi State, but we'll take revenge out on Ole Miss. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Enjoy the, the hoops tonight. Go Cards. Beat Texas. Together, together.